what I think might have been the most disrespectful moment in the whole movie. And oh, you guys sorry. might remember this. Y'all might remember this. Removed you from you your ready? body. You ready? The Brick yeah. Panther. <laughs> <laughs> I, Yo, I, I forgot to say I, the Blick Panther. Uh, the Blick. I just did. Hey. And, and I don't know. I, I, I was trying. I was like. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of, you already know what it is, the boys, the super agile bros themselves. It's your boy, Bradston, in the building, holding it down as usual, and you know who I got in the building. First, I'm going to call to the stage my boy, Kyle. How are you doing, sir, Kyle? Up to the stage, man. It looks great from up here, you know. The lights are a little bright, but I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to have you here, man. You know, you're looking good on the stage, sir. You know, hey, represent, represent. And now asking Steve to come on down. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Because I'm like, I'm the celebrity wrestler. Yes, John Cena. You can't see me. Have you guys seen any Peacemaker? No, no. What is Peacemaker even on? Uh, I forget. Should I have Paramount or something? I don't know what Paramount is. or who? No, knew? it's not Paramount. I don't think. Oh, it's that's either. the the new show with John, or is it a movie? Yeah, it's a show. It's just John it's Cena show. show. It's just called John Cena. Is it on HBO? <laughs> I do not know. I do not know. Maybe is it? Wait, wouldn't it? Would it not be on DC's streaming service? They have a streaming service. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, they have a bunch of like animated movies and cartoons oh, and stuff. I guess. So it's there. It's on there with the good. Would it stuff. be like WB? Think, Does WB I have th- a streaming platform? I don't know. I think that. Um, <laughs> I think the new like live action Teen Titans was on, was on that series. I saw John Cena in the costume, and I thought all this time it was from like an SNL skit or something. <laughs> well, it's from it's from the new. Uh, Suicide Squad movie, <laughs> and then they made a spinoff TV show Called for him. Peacemaker, yeah. And apparently, it's amazing. Really? I've seen some clips on YouTube, and it looks great. What? All I yeah. know is that James Gunn, who directed the show, just got engaged to one of the female characters, one of the the women characters on the show. So, like, he announced it on Twitter. Like, it showed. Oh, wow. It showed the like the the actress. And she had like an engagement ring, and then it was like, but it's also like in the midst of all of his like peacemaker, you know, posts and stuff. And people are like, "What's happening?" <laughs> yeah, people part, part of the show. show yeah. yeah, like, and so, and the headline was, uh, and he he screenshotted it. James Gunn uh, is engaged to peacemaker, right, as the headline, but it's like it gets cut off, uh, you know, oh, truncated, show. and it's like peacemaker actress you know like it's <laughs> but it got truncated so he's like oh, i don't think i got engaged a peacemaker reckless uh <laughs> reckless headlines you know yes that clickbaity son everybody's like what john <laughs> well, Cena? Not, not that it's clickbait <laughs> but that it's reckless because it didn't it didn't survive being truncated correctly yes yes you gotta you gotta think about truncation <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen you really do you, you really gotta do. think about the word truncation now that this part of your vocabulary, what will you do? I will use it on a regular daily basis. 
Yeah. You know? Truncate wisely. You could just truncate the word truncation to truncate, I think. To truncate. To trunk? Trunk. Yeah. To trunk, trunk that stuff. Trunk that junk. <laughs> you know, it's very odd because I feel like the word truncation, truncate, whatever, is more of a regular part of my vocabulary because I became a developer. And as a developer, oh, sure. especially when you do like front end stuff and like mobile stuff, that's something you have to think about. Like, oh, how do I truncate something in an input field? like correctly or in a anything so anyway dev talk fun times so anyway let's get into today's episode so wait what, what? i have another i have another time waster do we have time like five minutes I, for another time waster uh we'll give you uh 35 seconds go for it 35 right. i was eating dinner and there was a i was with keisha there was a couple next to us and they were talking and i was unfortunately eavesdropping and the girl suddenly asks do you think that Super Mario is like normal size and then he gets giant when he eats a mushroom? Or is he a tiny man that becomes normal size when he eats a mushroom? And I was like eating <laughs> eating mushrooms and I'm like, oh my God. Then you really began to question. grow. No, but I was just stunned by oh. how good that question was. And I was, I was mm. thinking about it all night mm. and I wrote it down to ask you guys. What was in those mushrooms? Are you sure that was a good question? I, are you sure you weren't? on shrimps <laughs> it just this whole situation it. sounds super suspect it, yes yes it was a thai restaurant i mean mushrooms i would say this I, I think that's like one of those questions that's already answered like is a hot dog a sandwich and the answer is yes so i think we don't really have to spend too much time thinking Dang, about it or talking about it <laughs> but i will say on based on that question though so mario doesn't eat a mushroom in odyssey however he does stand next to other Mario characters, and to what they're calling regular humans. Mm-hmm. And his size makes no sense. He is kind of so. small. Well, no, 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 no. There's a whole backstory behind why he seen Like, you know, uh, Donkey Kong City or whatever? Kong, what was it called? Uh, New, Donk New Donk City. City. New Donk City. So apparently there's some lore that bananas in the Donkey Kong universe help you to grow large. So all those people are just giants. And, like, he's just normal. And he just seems like he's not. Uh, oh, like he's because short. New Donk City is like it's the, full of giant it's like people. middle middle realm between the Mushroom Kingdom and uh-huh. Donkey Kong World. Yeah, that's the lore at least, or like, at least okay. that's what uh, Matt Pat and some other people have said. So, <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a theory. It's a theory. A it's just a game theory. <laughs> mm. So thanks for watching. Thank you for that riveting tale and uh, the interesting thoughts. Uh, we could definitely Stay talk away about from shrooms. Kids. We could definitely talk about some Mario sizing inconsistency and consistency in another episode. But today <laughs> we do have something on the docket that uh, is a little bit special because at the time we're recording this, it is February. It's the end of February, and more importantly, it is Black History Month. You know, and it's it's Black History Year. You know, it's yeah. it's the whole year. You know what I'm saying? It's everybody's year. Asian it's history like the year, black white history, history pandemic. Year. It feels like <laughs> the black history pandemic. Excuse me. What <laughs> not, is, not, what, what not is that, that correlated, but just the period of time. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. He says it's black I, people's fault. <laughs> I don't know. I legitimately don't know how to handle that. Um, it's the it's like Black History pandemic. Excuse me. Like I don't know if I, I like. I'm gonna, I I'm gonna feed that. Li- I'm gonna feed that line to Donald Trump, and he's gonna get back on Twitter and immediately mm. get kicked off again. Mm-hmm. And oh, then man. our show is gonna get kicked off of Spotify. 
you know, we're not Joe Rogan. We can't fight. <laughs> we can't fight it. We can't fight Neil Young. <laughs> if he comes for us, we don't. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> so, um, yes, in honor of Black History Month. And when you're listening to this, it'll probably be January, February, March. I had to do that because I don't know my months that well. It'll be March, so not Black History Month, but it'll still be Black History Energy. Today, we're talking yeah. about Black Panther. <laughs> Black, Black History Energy in March. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the residual. The residual, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, beginning of March. So we're going to be talking about Black Panther. And I threw this at the guys. I said, hey, let's talk about Black Panther. You know, we talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe recently. We've talked about a lot of, you know, we're gamers and nerds in general. And I was like, you know, it'd be super cool to end up Black History Month talking about Black, uh, Black Panther and just talking about, okay, what's its impact that it's had on the MCU, on culture in general, and also just the movie in general. And we'll kind of just, you know, skip around as we feel. But really, this is kind of a ode to uh, Black history because in many ways, Black Panther is a Black history moment. It uh, had, you know, Ryan Coogler, you know, Black director. You know, we had a Black main lead, for, you know, first main Marvel Cinematic user universe main character of color um so it, it was it was really an incredible they had moment. a black villain for the first time black villain you know so and, and it was that's just a, that's a joke this <laughs> the first black villain ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> candy man have you seen candy man i'm pretty sure he's a villain but um you know no, he just trying to get by he just trying to get by <laughs> selling that candy to them kids <laughs> but um, but yeah there's a lot of really cool stuff we're not gonna really i mean you know, Steve threw it out there. He said, hey, maybe we should do research on the movie and its impact. And I'm lazy. And also, I just <laughs> also want to speak from where I'm, my personal perspective. But if we have any Black history, like, trivia about uh, Black Panther, maybe it'll show up if uh, we get into it. But anyway, let's go ahead and get the conversation started. So I wanted to start off with just how we do everything. What was y'all, like, what? Okay. You guys have seen Black Panther in the past. And... We've all recently rewatched it, right? Right. So let me ask you guys, and this is kind of a two-part question. What is your general review uh, rating of Black Panther? Think about it in the past and now. Has that changed? Is it the same? I just want to hear y'all's view on Black Panther and what it, you know what your review of it was, you know, in the past, now, in general. What do you think? Yeah, sure. It's a broad so question, uh, but broad. yeah. So I'll, I'll start with Mr. Kyle since. I, I, All yeah, right. Why not? Sure. Um, that, uh, once again, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, so, I've always been a fan of superheroes in general, superhero movies. Um, growing up, one of my favorite superheroes, who was like a representation, I guess, of black superheroes, was Static Shock, and so. To me, the Black Panther movie, uh, R.I.P. Chadwick, by the way, um, he was a great actor. <clears throat> um, but I think that movie kind of hit a same a, a same chord with me in adulthood as as uh, Static Shock did in childhood. You know, um, because not just because of I guess him being black, but the representation of black people in the in that movie and in the show. You know very tastefully done things that I could relate to, even though, even though I didn't grow up in those environments, things of that nature, you know, um, 
So as far as a rating is concerned, like I, I, I know it's not a perfect movie by any means. Um, there are things that still can come across as pandering. Um, but if I had to like give it on a, a, a scale of one to ten, I'd probably give it like an eight point five. Okay, cool. Because I thought I thought it was narratively pretty strong. Um, the introduction of Black Panther in the other movies, I think helped the movie in my opinion a lot. So maybe I'm a little bit biased uh, on that front. Um, strong cast, the visuals held up for the most part. There are a couple of places where the CGI breaks down, especially after a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and I wa- yeah, we recently watched it again, me and Mrs. Yams, and uh, she pointed out the CGI. <laughs> she was, she was, she was like, yeah, this is, this is kind of rough. Um, but it, it was it's still a great watch so still i'll still give it an 8.5 to today cool cool all right mrs steve what's your thoughts hello um so i i don't think that i'm qualified to speak to whether black panther panders or not so i won't um if i just if i'm just thinking about it in terms of like compared to all the other marvel movies i think it's one of the most I think it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, and I can't exactly decide why. I think it's a style. Uh, it has really good world building and world design. Like the the way that they kind of made up Wakanda culture. I don't know how much of that comes from the comics or diverts mm-hmm. from what is presented in the comics. I have no idea. So with no knowledge, I can just say, I will just say that uh, it looks, it sounds great. You know, I liked the the way that everything was presented. Um, I think Killmonger is one of the coolest, not coolest, let me rephrase that. Uh, Marvel just has so many good villains, but Killmonger is up there. He's a really good villain. Yeah. Um, And even, I mean, (laughs) I watched, I've watched it twice before and I actually just finished watching it again earlier today. So it's very fresh. And I'm just thinking about like, man, I really wish they could have made up, you know, because Killmonger had a very real feeling pain Mm -hmm. that you know because he's a marvel villain it kind of gets heightened and made more extreme but he feels like a real person um but yeah i i didn't mind the cgi i thought it was still pretty good uh i think for me the worst part was shuri i didn't even love her character (laughs) i think you i think you've mentioned that before like i I have mentioned it before i'm Mm -hmm. consistent in my i don't hate her i just She's I get it. She's her, not your yeah. favorite. Yeah. She's not my favorite. And it's weird because, I mean, it's not weird. I get why. But everyone loves Shuri. And I'm like, I think that makes me like her less just to compensate <laughs> to some extent. But, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, I, th- I think one of Marvel's best. Uh, it's clearly a standout for, uh, for the culture. Um, yeah. Which... I actually, you know, I can't really say if it's a standoff for the culture in general, but I say in terms of hype, mm-hmm. you know, and pride, it's a standout. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I feel you. Uh, it's interesting because I kind of have to rate it. I have two different ratings for it. I have like my like movie rating and then like my black o meter rating where like black o meter <laughs> where like essentially I know that I have like rose colored glasses, right? Like, you know. The, the, the black colored hashtag black man, uh, you know, black man, not black magic, <laughs> black, <man. laughs> what? black girl magic, 
you know, a hashtag, you know, any anything that's on that realm. Like, I oh, get yeah. it. Like, you know, I'm I'm very much a proponent of, you know, people of color. It doesn't even have to be like black people or Asian people, or Hispanic people, whatever. Um, or it, it's really I'm just a proponent of greatness. And I just love seeing people, you know, do great things. But because personally, I am a black American. It uh, resonated for me in many different ways. And, you know, we can talk on that a little bit more. But, you know, on my Blackometer, it gets a 10, right? Just because it just set a bar for, like, you know, oh, yeah. black cinema. No doubt. You know? um, and there's plenty of great black cinema prior to Black Panther. But this one really, especially in the action adventure kind of mm-hmm. genre, really set a standard. Superheroes. You know, superheroes, you know, yeah. you know and all that. Um, but as far as the movie, I, I'm kind of in line with Kyle, I think, in my rating, about an 8.5, maybe a 9. I think, especially, I've seen it, what, four times now, maybe five, who knows. And uh, it, it, I watch it sometimes, like, kind of passively, just kind of being in the moment. And sometimes I watch it more critically. And this time, I kind of watch it more critically. And really, you know, for me, I think the movie is just enjoyable. Like, I think... Even if yeah. you didn't necessarily know much about Black Panther prior to this movie, mm-hmm. this is one of the Marvel movies that does well. I'll, I think of it kind of like Shang-Chi, where you don't really need to know anything. You can just kind of step in there and enjoy the movie as it is, you know? And, For sure. And uh, I just enjoy the way that they handled characters. I love that it felt real. Like... One of the things that I, I don't like about some movies, and Disney has a problem with this, is that sometimes they pander to different communities. May it be the gay community or the trans community or the black community, the Hispanic community. They'll sometimes just drop a little, hey, we did it for you, you know, right. in their movies. Mm-hmm. And I really dislike that, you know, because I don't feel like that's representation. I feel like it's pandering, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like though this movie was hyper black, I don't think it was overwhelmingly obnoxiously black. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it really, it was just the characters happened to be black because it was an yeah. African nation. Yes. And that mm-hmm. makes sense. And the characters who were not black felt like great characters too. You know, you know, Claws, one of my favorite characters in the movie. You know, like. He was really good. Huh? You yeah, know, he's awesome. I mean, Andy Serkis is just incredible in whatever he does. So maybe I, maybe I have a bias too, but I like Claw. So overall. I feel bad. I feel really bad for Claw. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Finish what you're saying. Yeah, I was going to say overall, I mean, I really love the movie. I have it on DVD for multiple reasons. One, because it's a great movie, and one, because what it represents in black culture. The only. Have you seen the box? It's, it's fire, you know? Um, oh, is it? You know, every yeah. it, it just looks really good. I mean, my other, the only other Marvel movie I have on DVD or Blu-ray is, um, gosh, uh, I want to call him Doctor Magic. Wow, Doctor Magic, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. Um, because I, I really like Doctor Strange as well. From but Doctor so, Stephen Magic, so at your service, Doctor Strange and you know Black Panther have a a rare place in my heart for being movies. Uh, that are on DVD in my home. So and in your, yeah, your physical mm. library—that's prestigious. Yeah, yeah. But what, what were we gonna say, Steve? I was gonna say I feel really bad for Claw because I can. I think all, the only movies I can think of with him, like really in the movie, is Black Panther and Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And in both movies, he he just plays a minor villain who gets crapped on by the major villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, he loses his arm and then he gets killed for, for like 
almost for no reason, just as a as a as a pawn in order to you know uh, make Killmonger's goals a reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna say it says a lot though that even though, like in most cases, a villain like that or a, a head henchman like that usually feels super one dimensional. So for him to still be a likable character after you know that type of you know, placing him there as far as in the cast. I think it says a lot for how how they still develop the side character when they didn't, I guess they didn't really need to since he was mm-hmm. just going to lose an arm and die. But, you know, you can still level with him in some way. Yeah, it's interesting because in that movie, there's like the moment where they're talking about uh, the bombing, you know, the death of his, of, uh, you know, T'Challa's dad, right? Uh, T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. And they show the villain from... What what movie was that from? Civil War. Civil War, and to be honest, like it's no, fun- no, no. He that wasn't the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, and it's to be honest, he, I, he I, he's in multiple movies within the the MCU, but like I number one, I can't remember his name because clearly I can't do that now, and he's not really. I I, I understand his motivation. You know, like I understand. What are you talking about Zemo? Zemo, yeah, yes. Zemo. Oh, yeah. Zemo. Zemo. Like I understand his motivation, and it feels very, like, hey, this would radicalize a person, right? But um, at the same time, I don't know. I just wasn't super interested in him. So to see somebody like Claw, who's absolutely a ridiculous character, just absolutely crazy, and but he seems to be, you know, good at what he does, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you know, of course, we talked about Michael B. Jordan's character you know killmonger like he's an incredible villain like to to have two really good villains in one movie mm-hmm. like it's kind of incredible to me like yeah i don't i don't know many movies that have done that like two solid villains successfully what was age of ultron's two villains of course ultron and claw and ultron oh but, it was always claw again. <laughs> it was claw again like <laughs> claw's the I perfect mean, I'm, jo- I'm half joking he wasn't really a villain he just kind of showed up for five minutes but he was a villain in the movie so mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, had a, he has a presence still. He did have a presence. I mean, I, I don't remember him in the movie, but I, I take your word for it. But you know, yeah, he's I vaguely the, do. Yeah, he uh, he's the guy that Ultron goes to to get a ton of vibranium, and that's where they that's where the Avengers catch Ultron again. They're fighting uh, in the like factory, dark factory setting. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he accidentally he. He has the misfortune of mentioning Tony Stark, and Ultron gets mad and just takes his arm off. It's like, <laughs> oh, do yeah, I look like that... Iron Man to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... That was a good moment. Don't, Gosh, don't even. Spader is just <laughs> so good. So, yeah, awesome. so I want to talk a little bit about the characters and talk about the movie, but I want to ask y'all a question just in general about Black Panther. So, what was y'all's vibe as as the movie was getting ready to be released? What, do you remember the vibe around it in its release? Like, what was it for y'all? Because I have a very distinct feeling, and I remember particular moments prior to the release, like knowing it was coming, and just kind of the culture in general as it was heading to the theaters. Like, do y'all remember what it was like for you personally at that time, or was it just like a normal release? Was you know what was it for y'all during? That uh, time? I think it was mostly a normal release, but I d- I mean. There's some amount of hype. I don't usually get ultra hype for movies in general. Uh, there was some amount of hype because, you know, new Marvel movie. And not just because it's a new Marvel movie. I mean, because of everything, right? But for me, the amount of hype didn't really go past uh, 
any uh, like any other high Marvel movie I'd be really stoked about. Mm-hmm. So it's still a lot, but you know, not nothing that like isn't mind bending. Uh, it was for me mostly. I'm just kind of on the outside looking in. I'm seeing all my friends just kind of go nuts. Like, look at this cast. Look at this trailer. Listen to the soundtrack. And I'm like, yeah, it all looks great. This is awesome. So I was kind of just like vibing with everyone else. Um, I don't remember any specific moments thinking about thinking about the movie before it came out. I know when it came out, I saw it in theaters mm-hmm. with a group of people. I think you might have been there. Um, I wore the most African clothing I could find. <laughs> um, I think so. Yes, <laughs> nice. yes. I have a, a daishiki from uh, South Africa, so... That was my 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 celebration, I guess. Steve um, got so many uh, fists, like you know, black fists. Like, yeah, people oh, punched him. They were every like, time they saw him. somebody walked up to him and was like, "You, you dating a black girl?" <laughs> Dude, have you tell? seen? She. Uh, I'll send you guys the picture. Um, he actually took two two photos of me that I had sent her in the same day, and one was like. In the morning before I showered, I'm just wearing whatever. And then later I changed. I forget why I was wearing it. Maybe it was for the movie. I changed into the daishiki and I had like showered and combed my hair a little bit. And I, Oh, I think I shaved too. So I just looked neater and more presentable. And I sent oh. her. And she took both of the selfies I had sent her that day and made it into a meme. Like, you know, <laughs> before you date a black girl, after you date a black girl. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Changed your whole life, son. Yeah. No, she's aware. Um, but yeah, that was that was my experience. It was I'm just happy, happy for my friends, happy for the culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a really good movie. I was not disappointed at all. Yeah, yeah. Except for sure. Yeah, yeah. The theater experience of Black Panther was oh, man. incredible. Mm-hmm. Great experience. Um, yeah, I I don't particularly remember anything like stand out. You know, I was yeah, like in the same vein as Steve, I was hyped for it. You know, it's definitely at the point where you know Marvel couldn't miss, and uh, the cast was great. Yeah, and the trailers, all of them, um, were were just amazing because they they were taking they were they were doing a lot of different a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and they'd already introduced Black Panther as a great character, and so I was I guess kind of worried mm-hmm. um, because. Uh, to that, you know, since Marvel couldn't miss, it was like, w- was this going to be the one mm-hmm. where they just messed everything up because they were trying, I guess, too hard in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, is this is this really the move to make? Because, you know, nobody had done it well, well very well at that point. And so a lot of risk involved, you know, and then, yeah, the hype was through the roof. And even if the movie was great, which it was, like the hype... Reaching a certain amount of hype is just always daunting. And Mm so I think it met the hype very well um, because it wasn't necessarily safe. And it took, you know, it took a lot of liberties. It changed a lot of the formulas, you know. So it, it, you know, it uh, exceeded expectations. So I I wasn't worried afterwards. Um, And so, you know, after after the worry, I was good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no you know it's it's interesting because you know um you know i grew up in a very like african-american setting right like everybody i knew was black you know what i'm saying matter of fact mm. you know i lived down the street two houses down from you know the manager of uh 
goodness gracious, not UGK, but um, he, he basically a very popular rap group. I can't, I can't, my memory is just blowing up right now. But anyway, and a lot of my community was very like, you know, Afrocentric at times, sometimes not so much, but you know, that's kind of my background. So, you know, moving into the more broader scope where I was kind of in a more diverse environment, you know, I, you know, I've had a lot of different types of friends in different cultures. And it was very interesting to see kind of the dichotomy of like how people were hyped for it, right? Like, I think one was like the average person, like Steve, you know, was saying like, hey, I just, this movie looks really cool. I'm looking forward to it, right? And then I saw the other side where people were like, this is a moment for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. they were like, this is everything. And like you said, Kyle, like, man, they are taking a chance here. There's, you know, it's a majority African-American, black cast, African cat cast, you know, a lot of just people of color. The director is a person of color. I think there was a a woman, like a cinematographer. There's just a lot of things going on with the movie. Right. And. It was like super duper hyped as far as like them putting it out. Like they were publishing a lot about it, you know, Disney mm-hmm. and Marvel. And I was like, oh, like you, Kyle. I was like, yo, this cannot be garbage because if it's garbage, we don't get another one. <laughs> you, no. know? you know, only, you only know? chance, you know, and I remember laughing because I was listen- talking to somebody or they were just telling me about how hyped they were for the movie. And they were like, yeah, I'm going to take the day off, right? And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and then one person was telling me, yeah, I'm going to get all of me and my friends. We're going to wear dashikis. We're going to go full African garb, African shirts, African pants. You know, we're going to wear hat. You know, like they were like all in, right? And then I had a friend on, uh, I think, Instagram say, I'm taking the whole week off to celebrate oh my gosh. the movie and I, was, and I was like my goodness he's like, i'm gonna see it every day and i'm gonna be having open my living room is open for discussion i might be elaborating on that like exaggerating on that point <laughs> but like it really felt like a moment for some people now for me personally mm-hmm. i felt like it was a moment but it was a lot of fear in there you know because i knew what it represented and yeah i think it delivered beyond my expectations i remember being in the theater and being like this is so incredible. Like on just like, not even like on some like black people stuff, but I was like, this is just a well done movie. And it's a great movie. And it just feels like a non like stereotypical take on any culture. You know, if it was, you know, I I don't, I can't speak on Shang-Chi, but to me, Shang-Chi felt similar where it felt like an authentic take on the Asian community. Uh But once again, I'm not Asian, so I can't say, I'd love to hear from our Asian fans. If, that was the truth but uh at least i feel like marvel has done a good job from the cultural standpoint you know what i'm saying yeah i don't yeah and i think even if you're not part of those communities like you know most people are receptive enough to see like kind of the, the pandering or when when a movie is relying on like stereotypes and and stuff like that to to kind of make the movie seem like it's for that i think you might have touched on it earlier like making the movie seem like it's for that community or that the people in the movie that's making the movie understand the community because they're shining bright lights on different aspects of it mm-hmm. and it's like you know both shang chi shang chi however you say it and black panther neither of them like had those moments where it's just like hey remember you're black, black this is black for black, black people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ne- never did that happen 
and I'm Steve. Let me ask you this, and uh, you you kind of said it earlier, but from your perspective, did you ever feel like the movie was overly, you know, pandering, or did you feel that sense that at all, or did you just feel like, oh, it's just a movie that just happens to be like black people in it, you know? Um, how do I? I think the soundtrack drew my attention to that maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's very hip hop oriented. I mean, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong; it was awesome. It's a good. It's it was a good decision, but it didn't necessarily sound like something that might have come from Wakanda if Wakanda was real. Like, hip hop feels very American specifically to me. Mm, yeah. Um. So it's like okay, this was made by an American studio. Like, yeah. But the, also, the, we didn't really get a sense of what music in Wakanda does sound like. So, uh, well. Hmm? We didn't specifically get a sense, but there was a lot of other music in the song. And the, I don't know. It seemed like the music kind of would would flip between, like, kind of African like world beats and stuff. And then just, I think yeah. it was Killmonger's. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I take that back. A lot of Killmonger's music and themes and actions mm-hmm. were uh, accompanied by more hip hop. Yeah. Um. I don't know if this is pandering per se, but I think one thing that irked me, and I'll just move into that, but like, you know, I already mentioned Shuri. One of the things about her uh, is that she was the one who said, uh, who said probably the, for me, I don't know how anyone else feels, but for me, the cringiest like lines in the movie was like calling, uh, what is, what's his name? The CIA Colonizer. guy, Everett. Colonizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or like when he came into the lab, she was, oh, another broken white boy. Like, mm-hmm, she was the first, mm-hmm. she was the only one to mention race, basically, the entire movie. Well, that's not true, but the, I think she was the first. Yeah, her and, her and Killmonger yeah. were pretty much the only ones talking about race in the movie. Um, yeah. At least at first. Yeah. But yeah, that seemed, I don't know, just something about it was off-putting, because a lot of it was good-natured. It's like, alright, let's let's lift up black culture, let's Let's talk about injustice. You know, Killmonger was like, I had people, our brothers and sisters jumped in the water because they knew that uh, death was better than slavery. Mm. Um, Or Mm. not slavery specifically, I think he said. Captivity. Something else. Captivity, right. Anyway, like, that's real. But I feel like calling someone... uh, Colonizer. Especially a guy who just woke up on a gurney, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Like, yeah, colonize. That's... I don't know. She see it, it. It put a bad taste in my mouth, mm. and maybe that's why I don't like maybe, her. That, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I think one of the things about the movie that was, and and I think you noted it about the music was that like comparison between like the Africanness, like the I I, I guess you could say like neo African type of music, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the the American black music, right? African American, American, black American. Yeah. You know, um, because that kind of showed the almost the cultural divide between the two characters as well as ideological, mm -hmm. which you can get really deep into. But I I personally really like the music in the movie because I think like I like you said, the Afro beat, you know, like that to me, like I've heard a lot of it. But once again, I'm not like born. I wasn't born in Africa. I'm Jamaican. So I'm by way of Africa, (laughs) you know, so for most of my musical culture is like a caribbean and american right 
So to me, even though I listen to Afrobeat and stuff like that, it's like, oh, this is cool. Like hearing the different styles. I mean, I love the little drums, the boom, 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 you know, the little high kind of drums. But um, yeah, so it kind of made sense. And it's so interesting that you mentioned Shuri because one of the things I wanted to note and I want to, you know, you know, like I think that where I think Black Panther excelled the most is that it showed a wide birth of different types of black people, right? Like it, That's true. Yeah. it showed like the black person. Okay, let's uh um let's go through everybody, right? So you got you know um Black Panther, who's kind of this character who's hey, I'm trying to protect our culture and our people. So he's kind of an isolationist type of person, right? From his lineage, right? His dad and all the you know people for basically the rest of most of his family yeah you know mm-hmm. and and that is very much a sect a set not a sect but a set of people in the black community are kind of like that separationist you know hey let's stay let's keep keep away let's protect what we have then you got killmonger who is i'd say the representation of the anger of you know the black community right like this is what you've done to us so i want to do the same to you right i want to be yeah. the oppressor Right. Like that's essentially wants to flip roles. Then mm-hmm. then you have like a Koye who's like, this is my culture and I will do anything for my culture. And sometimes tradition trumps what's right, you know, <laughs> like and it's not until she has kind of realizations throughout the movie that she makes these changes right. like tradition drives her. Um, and I mean, that's kind of a lot of people in a lot of different cultures have that. Yeah, issue. And she was in the military. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes. The military that mentality. loyalty to the throne. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That cultural loyalty. Then you have, um, what's her name? Uh, Nikoya, Nikoye, right? No, Nakia. Nakia. Nikia, I can't remember. Everybody's yeah. Name. Nakia. Yeah. Like Nakia, who is, I see that we like, she's like, hey, we've made it as black people. We need to help other black people. We mm-hmm. like the counterpoint to Black Panther, who is kind of isolationist. Hey, protect our own. We might lose our way of life. She's like, no, we need to spread and give and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then we have, uh, uh, what's her name? Who you, I'm forget, I forget everybody. Shuri. Shuri. Shuri is like that person who is like somewhere in the middle where like they don't actually like have issues with other cultures. But they have a lot of strong feelings <laughs> and are always joking and making jokes about it and always emphasizing the differences. Like, what's up, black man? Mm-hmm. What's up, white man? You know, like there's just people yeah. like that, you know, and it was just interesting to see all these different. Oh, and then we have uh, our boy um, uh, Wakabi, who Wakabi is like, hey, I just do my own thing. But like, I want revenge. Like. On one particular thing. I don't, I'm singularly focused on revenge. Mad vengeful. You know, and what you did to me in this aspect of my life, I don't want to forget and I will never forget and will align with whoever is on that tip. You know what I'm saying? But he Uh, wasn't particularly violent. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, but he he was also in this position where he he wasn't particularly violent himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he fought when he needed, when he felt like when he, he needed to. When he was called yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he has an alignment. Like, he's... On- I, I felt like his actions were the weakest part. One, one of the weakest parts of the movie, actually. And, and I think some of his motivation, I was thinking about it, is that he's also a little bit jealous of T'Challa. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Like, think about his tribe. Um, their tribe is the protectors. And they kind of the live tribe. outside of Wakanda. 
like on the edge and Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are at the most risk but like the everybody else you know the you know the i I don't even know what tribe particularly that t'challa was in because they never say the name of it but like his tribe is kind of in the inner sanctum and safe and protected and he puts himself at risk and they kind of forget their needs you know what i'm saying like hey remember this like people out here trying to kill us like go take care of scar like he's a threat and he killed our family you know what i'm saying he's like oh don't worry right. i'll take care of it later you know well that's a good point you bring up is because yeah since they were on the border you know that's why huh i, I didn't really think about that connection you know yeah, these people were the ones that had to deal with claw on the way in and out mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah like they're kind of the warrior the, side yeah they didn't bring it up but I also have to wonder, like, who are the people? Because there's like a newscast at some point when they're talking about, oh, poor Wakanda, you know, they mm-hmm. don't have any money. They're all <laughs> dirt um, and there's like there's like video of, of people walking around mm-hmm. in, in like, you know, dirty villages and stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so are the border tribe actually living in squalor in order to, to like create this image of a poor Cute African face. third world country? Yes, I think Someone so. Is. I think so because because when they're flying in for the first time and he's like, "I it never gets old," you know, he's they're flying over the fields and you see like yeah. people just walking like normal people and they're waving. They like, "Hey, what's up? The ship is here!" Like it seems like some group is just fundamentally just just out there, you know. Even yeah. in the richest city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the planet, there's still I guess a impoverished region. Yeah, and, and, and well, the I, question is, are I, they actually impoverished? You know, right? Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Oh, also, I wait, I just, I just realized that was that that was the people he flew over. That was inside of the hologram, right? Outside, yeah, that was outside. They were it still was... outside at that point. Okay, yeah, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, because they had they were flying in. There was like the the children waving, or the people, then the horses, the people riding the horses waving at them, and then they hit the barrier. You know, and it went inside yeah. the city because it was still, oh. yeah. I wonder if it's like, instead of being in the army, well, I guess they do have an army, but part of, I guess, your service to your country is that you have to live a year outside the city or outside the, is there just one city in Wakanda? It's such a small place. You know, I, that's something I was thinking about when he was flying it. I was like, wait a second. Wakanda has been around for a long time, apparently, Thousands right? Thousands of years. You know, and I was like, how are they managing population in a, like, like they have to kind of expand, right? Like from a just purely yeah geographic. It was hard to tell. Mm. I think I think you can't think about it too much because <laughs> yeah. they. I mean, he drove straight to the center, so it's, mm-hmm. they didn't really show us how long the the ride was. And then when they show Wakanda in other movies, they make, it it does make it seem small. Like they they siege the border or whatever you call it, and then mm-hmm. like. They're they're never too far away from the spire that they're trying to mm. get to. Well, you, so it's really really strange. Well, you know, maybe maybe it is much larger than we think because there is that moment where uh, Commander uh, the the pilot is flying the ship, but it's like he has a significant amount of time before they break the barrier. So it seems yes. like there's a significant amount of landmass that Wakanda is over. So maybe like on a map, Wakanda looks like a normal country. And then, like, yeah. it has a large extended bubble, you know, but mm-hmm. it has, like, a border region, which would make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think most of it's in the bubble, but some part of it extends past the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Just the 
just the like century part, you know, you know, something I did and I want to hear, you know, like I want to talk a little bit more about the movie, you know, I, definitely the cultural impact. And we can talk more about the culture in it. But um, for me, something that really interested me about uh, Wakanda in general is that I'm super interested in, number one, the tribal structure in the past, like of Wakanda. Right. So they didn't really give a time of when, you know, First of all, first of all, okay, let's take a step back. <laughs> Wakanda's essentially, like, was, I don't want to say infected, but direct, like, it was an alien, tech, like, some like some kind of alien comet, right? Like Oh, the vibranium comet. Yeah, because yeah. it's not from Earth, right? And not only did it bring vibranium, it brought the flowers, right? No, no, I think the flowers are... Maybe they're earth flowers, but they mutated because of the vibranium. Because of the oh, vibranium. so the vibranium yeah. affected the... F- oh, I never yeah. thought about that. So... It, it makes vibranium into kind of like a... It's a plot a, device. It's a huge plot device. It does everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, so do you guys... I don't know much about the Marvel Universe, particularly vibranium. Is vibranium like associated to some other alien race or is it just purely like this is the only like earth randomly has vibranium from some random comet or something oh like kryptonite i guess like it just came from somewhere else and there's yeah because because then they say it was something that landed or am i tripping well they said that there's more of it in the earth like they've they've been mining it but there's still more of it i think that earth so all right According to the lore of Black Panther, this huge comet crashed into Earth, and that has supplied the that has been the entire supply of vibranium in Wakanda. Presumably, most of the vibranium on Earth is in Wakanda, mm-hmm. if not all. I think, because I mean, what was it in, in Captain America? They were like, "Oh yeah, the shield is like most of our supply." You know, yeah. like like the U.S. barely has any. Um, Whereas Wakanda, according to Claw, has barely scratched the surface of the comet. Which yeah. I'm like, how could a comet that large impact and not just wipe out well, all Well, life? we're assuming, we're, what, what we might be missing is that the comet hit way before. And oh, they stumbled upon there. it, you know? Like, they just After, stumbled yeah, upon maybe. it. Yeah. Well, the, like, their, their legend, I guess, was that one of the warriors was led to it by the Queen Panther... Goddess thing by birth, yeah, yeah. and so, so yeah, so that I think that holds up in the theory that that it was there before. Hmm. And right once the war broke out, then her name's Bast. Then then she got involved. Bast is one of the Egyptian. Is part of the Egyptian pantheon. Oh. I was actually surprised they included that. I'm, I assume it's from the comics as well, but I'm surprised they brought it into the movies. That's there's not a lot of. Uh, you know, gods and goddesses and stuff in uh, the MCU. At least not yet. Yeah. I assume that Moon... We got Thor, baby. I mean, yeah, but, th- <laughs> but Thor, they demystified and made him... Oh, he's an alien. He's, he's just an alien, alien. yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I assume that Moon Knight will bring in more gods, specifically Egyptian gods, because isn't he powered by an Egyptian god? I don't know much about Moon Knight, so I can't... I don't remember. Him. I only I know him from is. fighting games. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is he good? He just was weird. He just had like a, oh. a white 
cape or something. I can't really remember. It's just a random character to me. I was like, okay, Moon Knight, you're a thing. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so your your the point of Bast, right? To me, was uh, an interesting point because I was thinking to myself, okay, now this vibranium comet hit sometime in the past. The different African tribes who now reside on the land just live there. Some tribe discovered it. And it had some kind of properties, right, that they were clearly fighting over. So one of the tribes who, uh, you know, was led by Bass to it, ate the flower and became powerful, right? So there's some mm-hmm. idea that there's some sentience associated to that vibranium deposit. You know what I'm saying? Like, or is that... You're saying Bast is the vibranium? Like, is, yeah, like, is it like... That, like, there's some type of alien tech, culture, spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Like, an entity, might be a better word, that is kind of attached to that comet or to whatever that was. And is kind of the guiding spirit. Because, think about when Black Panther takes the juice, right? He drinks it. Mm -hmm. He goes into a realm. Yeah, the ancestors. Where he can see other ancestors who've had the power. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a weird, like, one-for-all type of situation. And you have to think, well, where is this place? Is that just purely, like, genetic? Like, is he going into his genetics and seeing his past? Because, you know, Hmm. what's his name? Killmonger had a very different experience. Very different. Oh, wow. You know? But he is of royal blood. So, theoretically, he would still have the same past experience so what is that you know what is that realm you know is it is it a place a physical is it heaven and if it's heaven is that does that imply that killmonger's dad did not go to heaven because he was like trapped in an apartment yeah or or is it purely a machination of the mind what were you gonna say kyle that's what yeah i was gonna kind of lead into that too you know who's who's actually present in the ancestral plane yeah like is it is it all from the perspective of the viewer and mm. everything else is, you know, kind of made up? Or is T'Challa's dad, T'Chaka, really, like, stuck in the ancestral plane all the time, just standing there in his old body? Like, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like a, I guess, being really being at peace, mm. I guess? Mm. You know so what? It's a weird transition. It could be both. You know, there's some... There's some stories where like, all right, this you really are talking to the ghost of your father, blah blah blah. But the what what you're seeing is being projected from your own mind. So you see him the way you remember him. You make up this world. Yeah. Um, although I will say that even though Killmonger saw a totally different, had a different experience. If you looked out the window during his vision, it still had that same kind of like, same purple, purple sky, space sky, sky box. Sky. Yeah. Sky box. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Unity sky, sky box. box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Default, default. <laughs> That's the default ancestral skybox. <laughs> Every vision is the default. Oh, we need to change that. It's been there for millions. <laughs> they, they haven't upgraded in centuries. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they eat the berry, they, they see the Unity logo. Here. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, it, it's a loading. No, though. I mean that's a good point. I mean it could really just be more of a uh, hallucinogenic state, like a dream state. That's like an altered mind, but you're not actually going anywhere. Right. It's like you have a dream and you see people that, you know, and then the way that the people act in your dream is based on what you would expect from them. 
right? Like, Mm -hmm. he spoke to his dad, but it was kind of more like an inner monologue, right? Of him trying to figure out himself. Like, he's like, I see you, dad. What do I do? This is the reason I did this. This is, it was a, a, a piece of my history that I wanted to omit, right? Like, he's just filling in the gaps from what he thinks his dad would say based on his memories. You know, that could be a part of it or it could be somewhat mystical, right? Like, you tap into the life stream. And you can kind of see some type of figment, you know, of yeah. that world, you know, because. And part of me thinks that it is kind of both because Killmonger's dad showed a new emotion whenever he was talking to him. Like mm. from from what we were shown, Killmonger's dad was always under this guise and, you know, keeping his son protected from Wakanda, told him about it, gave him the tattoo and all that, said he was going to bring him there one day. But like in. In the flashback, or whatever you want to call it, when Killmonger was in the apartment with his dad, his dad was showing a lot of regret hmm. for how he brought him up. And so, mm-hmm. for me, that seems weird that Killmonger Very would imp- impress that upon his dad in his own mind. Especially, he, he might even, like, see his dad as being like, you're doing the right thing, son. This exactly. is avenge me, you know, if he were to, yeah. to have a, a vision, you know. It, it, it's, it's interesting because, like, I was thinking, like, okay, like, I wonder, and this is just pure speculation, nothing, I have no extra knowledge. What if, like, in, like, for past uh, Black Panthers, when they wanted to get insight, they would, like, remove, remove that power and then go to that realm to learn from a past Black Panther? Like, hey, like... Uh, I don't want to talk too much about the Avatar, but there's like this idea that the Avatar. <laughs> I was thinking that like too. The, the Avatar state allows you to kind of commute, you know, get some advice, you know, yeah, you know, and you can kind of commune for a little bit, a short period of time, or the yeah. not the Avatar state, but the procession, the spirit realm, the spirit, the procession of the equinox. It is the, it is the Avatar was it state. The equinox, or... and then like at a certain. Yeah, you know, day of the year is like the spirit realm in the real world is more close. Oh, you're right. But yeah, I just wonder if that's you know, because I mean, I have a lot of questions about that fruit. Like, how did you figure out how to remove it? Like, that's what I want to know too. You know, like it, like Whitaker man, and and how did how did it become? (laughs) But how did it become a thing (laughs) where it was like, okay, this guy drank the juice. And the flowers are blooming. First of all, where is that place? There's so many questions. But, like, how did he right. manage to keep all the other tribes from not getting their own Black Panther? You know what I'm saying? Their own version. Well, right. It seems like they all agreed to to live Submit under to the first Black Panther. Like, it wasn't by force that he won. It was... He was, was chosen. Uh, consensual, yeah. Was I mean, though? he wasn't... He wasn't chosen by them. By he was them, chosen yeah. by Bast. But... In, at least in, in the little legend at the beginning. And you can see how it works out later. Like, they take away his power, and then anyone who wants to can challenge him. And they, at least in the first part of the movie, they were totally fine with him being, most of them were totally fine with him being the king, so nobody challenged him. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is that completely true? Because we have the whole issue with the, um, what's his name? Uh, not Wakabi, but... M'Baku? M'Baku and M'Baku? And the... Uh, the what was the tribe called? Jabari. The Jabari, right? They specifically were like, we're not going to do this. We disagree with this. We're going to go into the yeah. mountains, right? Okay. Right. So other than them, everyone else agreed. But why, but, but why not, if you disagree, seize power, try to get a Black Panther power and 
get three Black Panther soldiers and you know what I'm saying? Like, was it that I don't you know, did he have special knowledge? Like, did he is he the only person who knew how to cultivate more flowers? Like, was there only one? And then, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's a good question, actually. It didn't seem like everyone was present when the first warrior was chosen. And then when they described the power, I guess, of the flower, it just says it gives them enhanced abilities. Hmm. It doesn't just say that it makes them stronger. So maybe maybe the disparity between that warrior and everyone else was just so large at that time. And then nobody, I guess, felt compelled that they could win. And so it, it allowed for the establishment of, I guess, their traditions now. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it would make a whole lot of sense for Jabari's for the Jabari at that time to revolt if they thought they could win. Yeah. It also didn't seem like the Jabari were necessarily at odds with the rest of the tribes. They just preferred not to live with, not to work together because they were considered Wakandans, but they, yeah, they were part of Wakanda Mm -hmm. and they, you know, had all those rights and stuff. I guess they didn't have any advisors in his, at his table, but um, hmm. that very well could be by their own decision as well. Yeah, isolation. That's a good point. Yeah. But, and, you know, and one thing about that origin story is they talk about multiple tribes settled on the land, right? Yeah. So they were already mm-hmm. like a community, but they were just separate tribes, right? They have their own traditions, but they were like a country, like a unified. Then the, they found vibranium and they started to have more or less a civil war over control. The, the lead, the first Black Panther must have been a leader, must have been the type, you know, like kind of like that David type. Brought them back. You know, in. like yeah, who yeah, stood yeah. above and like really uh-huh. like politically and from a strength standpoint. Because because if you think about it, how do you test who's going to be the next king? It wasn't based on, oh, it had to be this tribe. It was purely based on their real human strength and ability, right? Yeah. Because yeah. technically, you know... um, Mbaku could have beaten, you know, uh, Black Panther, T'Challa, and he would have been been the king. And the yeah. movie would have been really different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very different. Very different. So, so I wonder how many times it's changed hands from tribe to tribe. You know? Oh, actually, if you look at if you look back at the Black Panther when he's in his vision, there are different types of Black Panthers. With like different kind of garments. Oh, different garb. Yeah, but yeah, maybe. So it's probably just changed hands. From that's cool. Which is kind of cool. That is really cool. That's a lot like the Avatar, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like the different tribes. But I wonder how many of the, you know, the Imbaku types. You know the so so and then there's like they all are different represent different animals, right? Like the Black Panther, of course, his tribe. So I wonder if it wouldn't be. But that doesn't make sense. Why would, if M'Baku won, he'd become the Black Panther? Wouldn't he just become like the silver gorilla? You know, the silverback gorilla or something like that? Or the mountain gorilla? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think he would be the panther because the... Yeah, I think... Because of the goddess. But he said... Although, because none of the other tribes had animals necessarily like uh, attributed to them. They were all... It was like the panther represented all of Wakanda except for the Jabari who kind of have separated. Because he themselves. said, uh, he said, praise to Saruban or something, some other name. Yeah. Because, because like if you hear all the other people, they'd be like, you know, praise Boss or whatever. They'll say that, but whenever 
Mbaku speak, he'd always say that other god. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it's like if he yeah. would have won, he would have changed it personally. Like yeah, like, went against the tradition and made it about yeah. Be the first. I guess that's fair because no one, none of them have ever tried to win or have ever won before, right? None of that tribe. So. Yeah, so they insinuated that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so this would have been a first. But I would assume that uh, Wakabi's tribe, maybe their animal was the the rhino, because they were like rhino leaders. Yeah, I, mean, I that's I still think that's a stretch, been, but it is. Yeah, this is uh, how many rhinos answer. did they have? I only saw they had like three. They they showed three, <laughs> but yeah. they might have been more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 interesting. I would definitely like to see like a show, a series that was more focused on the Wakandan structure than That'd just awesome. purely Black Panther as a member of the Avengers, you know, uh yeah. and mm-hmm. his external affairs. It'd be really you cool. You want to see home life. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really yeah. really really cool. Um so sp- speaking of that, mm-hmm. I had, a, I had a change of topic. I don't know what you have yeah, in go mind, for it. but we actually have a suggestion here in the Discord. Hey. And the suggestion is, let's hear some hot takes for the Black Panther sequel. And where you guys sit on the replacement for Chadwick Boseman Spectrum. Hmm. The replace Chadwick Boseman Spectrum. Okay. 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 So, huh. I, I, I want to definitely talk about that, but I want... Well, okay. Let, let's talk about it. And then we'll see, because I have a whole bunch of thoughts about the movie in general, but we can, it'll probably come up as we talk about it. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I guess I can go on my takes on Black Panther 2. Uh, go ahead. Go you ahead. know, so I don't know. I've been thinking about this. You know, I think that there's the Shuri route, because I think even in the comic, there's, um, yeah. she becomes the Black Panther. So yeah. that's definitely, but, but here's the big thing that I, I'm very much interested about Black Panther 2. Okay. I know it's unexpected for Chadwick Boseman to pass, so that you know wasn't their plan. Um, but one thing that was stood out was what Killmonger did at when he took over the throne. He became Black Panther and said, "Burn all these flowers." He right. said, "There's not going to be another king. I'm the last yeah. one, or the last Black Panther, at least." Mm-hmm. Right. So, in, in many ways, it was. The end of the Black Panther line, or at least the power set, right? But one thing that I was thinking about, I was like, well, the reason that Killmonger did that was one, because he's been trained to do it, but also because he knew that Wakanda had an extreme technological ability. So he knew that even if they didn't have the Black Panther, they could probably still oppress the world from a purely technological standpoint. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Uh, I mean, that's probably true, but I don't think that's... I don't think that was his line of thinking. I think it was to destabilize because he didn't really care what happened to Wakanda, right? He was just trying to make the world a worse place, pretty much. Well, he said that it would yeah. be the Wakanda's empire would never fail, right? So he yeah, was going to plan knows that the middle of Wakanda. I, I honestly think him burning it was just to make sure that no one else could have the power. Like you said, you know, who's, who's to stop some agents from coming in and stealing some and having three black panthers come and fight him but but why would he but why would he be afraid of that if he knew that essentially once he took on the throne 90 percent of everybody was on his page on page you know killmonger like they didn't the only people who really fought against him was black panther like at the end of the day because okoya was on the team Uh, pretty much everybody was on the team like he didn't have to contest anything like from an internal standpoint 
Yeah. That's partially true. I think he definitely had some people who were actually loyal to him, but a lot of the people seemed to just kind of be going along with him because that was what was traditional and he was the king. But and I yeah. to me I think that the burning of the garden was more of like a a power move because I don't know. I have a hard time believing that their garden was the only place that those flowers like maybe they hadn't found the rest of them in the wild, so maybe you know that was definitely the easiest place to get them, but it's like it was a wild flower to begin with, so mm-hmm. to think that th- those were the only ones, I think, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think that could be right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think fundamentally, you know, this is a movie, so they're going to write a way into bringing back the flower. But, like, to me, the fact that that was burned means that, like, no, oh, there's a problem. They need to find another solution, yeah. right? For sure, it's definitely yeah. A, it's definitely something they're going to have to address correctly and not just ignore but that was a big moment. In the yeah, movie. and it, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. And, and I'm so mad that uh, that she only grabbed one herb, and she could have grabbed two and used one to, you know, offer to Umbaku, and then used one to grow more in the future. But instead, she only got one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, it had, was, it was for thinking. suspense. It had to be a tense moment. But that was before they started burning anything. She was just trying to get in and get out, right? She's been deep covered. No, no, no. She was watching them burn. And oh, she was like, oh, I got to go right now. She grabs them from the back. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. like her nature of being deep cover. Like, hey, I don't even want to take the chance that he sees me. Because what happens if he sees yeah. her? Like, it's done. Like, he's going to catch her. She's not fast enough. She's not strong enough. So it's And like, he will kill. And he will kill. He was quick to kill, you know? Um, he almost killed the the attendant in the garden for saying we can't burn these. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "I'm gonna choke you out." You know, he was gonna kill Shuri. Like, like he was. It wasn't yeah. like a a really extended like, "Hey, talk, talk, talk." He had Shuri down. She said some trash, and he was just like, "I'm going in for the kill shot." Like it was all yeah. full kill. You know, um, he killed that other guard. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, he it was cut hiding. her neck, cut her throat. Yeah. So, so I guess my take on Black Panther two is. I think I think what it's going to be like is that most of the movie is going to be who is the next Black Panther. And like it's going to end the last portion of the movie, maybe the last 30 minutes is going to be somebody becoming the Black Panther. So a lot of it is going to be like the aftermath of losing Chadwick, not having a Black Panther, the destabilization, the stabilization of the throne, figuring out what to do. Shuri probably stepping up from a technological standpoint, like her kind of acting at the behest of, you know, the throne because she's the princess. Yeah. But I don't think like it's going to just start with somebody drinking the juice and becoming the Black Panther. I think it's going to be very much a like, uh, I can't. I don't want to talk about other uh, things within the MCU, just in case people haven't seen like some of the series. But it reminds me of some of the other series that's kind of like, who's going to be the next, right? Like, oh, you, yeah. know, sure. you know, you kind of a build. So up. you you think they're going to kill T'Challa off screen? They're not going to just replace the actor. I because that's an option. I mean, it's a bad option, but it is an option. I think that's the right choice. I think it's the right choice to even just really say that he died from natural causes instead of like doing some thing that he needs to do on screen because he'd have to cgi I, maybe they filmed a little bit i don't know but like i think it, oh no no any, any, i'm not expecting them to do a, a, a leia skywalker yeah i mean I, I i oh man that would be rough yeah i think they just have to do it off screen completely like prior to it'd be like a text crawl you know it would just be like inferred like 
they would explain it, but it would just be like, yeah, he died before the movie yeah. started. Yeah, in in the interim, yeah, something. Happened. I think, I think that Black Panther and superheroes in general have taken on like a different. Like they almost have like a life of their own in their cinematic universes. Like when I think about recasting, you know, you bring up a character like James Bond, and recasting was like a coveted role. Mm-hmm. Like, being being someone being casted as as the next James Bond for whatever reason why the previous one went away it wasn't seen as like something against someone or you know a, I don't know they, there weren't it wasn't any political or disrespectful exactly it was a succession. so I think it was a succession yeah yeah and so with these like superhero roles like you can think of Iron Man. Some someone to stand where he stood is just like uh, it's just it's unthinkable. However, with, even within the MCU, we've had three Spider Men. Yeah, and so there's this kind of uneasy feeling that I don't know if it's fans or just moviegoers or just the sentiment we have around these characters because they're being written so well, we get close to them. But fundamentally, to me recasting has taken on a a different vibe i think on its own it shouldn't be this big of a deal mm-hmm. but i think it's important to realize why it is you know well, he did such a great job in the role we got close to him as black panther and he represents someone something. being recast as black panther does nothing to change the marvel cinematic universe on screen necessarily he looks different but as far as how he's going to be written that's all going to be the same but mm. to the viewers it's a palpable difference. So I wonder if we're talking about different things, right? Because I think what most people expect and what I think Brad was saying was that they kill the character T'Challa and then someone else, a different character, becomes Black Panther. They're not recasting Black Panther. They're literally inserting a new character. Yeah, but... Well, and that's kind of... That's part of the argument. What what happened happened with, with, say, Rhodey from Iron Man was they literally recast the character. And, and I think the difference, there's a big difference, right? Like with James Bond or the Spider-Man, they're not recasting James Bond. There's kind of an implication that this is a different person, or you could say maybe it's a reboot of the series. With Spider-Man, it's definitely a reboot of the series, you know? So I think with those scenarios, like it doesn't feel bad because it is a reboot and it's a different character or a different incarnation of the same character. And so you, you don't need it to be the same actor. But if they pull a roadie, it would be simple because you just say, oh, everything's fine. We're going to continue the story as if T'Challa did not die because as, as if Chadwick didn't die. But, you know, I don't I think people would be mad about that. Yeah, which, and I think and I think that's what yeah. Kyle was mentioning that we've because of how especially how Marvel has done anything, everything it's kind of extended past the movie. Right. Like it literally breaks the fourth wall. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. It's not that. Robert Darn Jr. plays Iron Man. He is Iron Man. You know, like Chris Evans is Captain America, right? And uh, and I think less less so, but yeah, yes, you know. Well, I mean, it, there's a whole deb- and and I think that what happens. So the two options, right? One, you recast Black Panther, which you know T'Challa, which is what I think Kyle is right from a purely cinematic standpoint. Why not? Right. That's they've they've yeah. done it in other series as well. Like like randomly changing out. Like, I mean, look at Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like Aunt Vivian 
it was a completely <laughs> different person and we kept on moving that was the other you know example yeah. you know like it's a and everyone's but everyone's mad about that like i i think people are definitely like feel some type of way about it but they they didn't they didn't stop them from loving the fresh prince but the biggest difference is that she was a side character right she's right. like Rhodey was a side character at that time right but how often do you see in a mainline franchise that has like James Bond, like you said, when James Bond changes, it's basically another it's basically the James Bond universe, right? Like <laughs> it might as well be all, like alternate universes. So I don't think I would be mad at them for recasting, you know, Black Panther. I think it would be hard because of what Chadwick Boseman represents as yeah. the first Black Panther um yeah and and if if disney was willing to resurrect you know uh natalie portman yeah am i crazy natalie, natalie portman? portman not oh. natalie portman uh god i'm uh, drawing a blank in her name too black widow actress no you talking about leia no oh, you talking about leia i'm talking about leia leia skywalker leia? oh i thought wait who did you who did you mention what, what's the Carrie, name? natalie portman Carrie, i was thinking of uh Yes, Carrie, Carrie Fisher. 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 Oh, Fisher. thank you. Not Natalie Portman. I didn't know where you were. At. I was like, I was like, it's not the right name, but I can't sure get it out of my head. She's still alive, but continue. It's because of a. It's a joke. Kira Knightley. It's from a. If you've seen, the John Williams tribute acapella by whatever uh, Corey Vidal, he makes a joke about Natalie Portman. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, if they're willing to resurrect her with CGI. And not just recast the actress who plays her for like a significant portion of the movie, then yeah, they're not going to recast T'Challa. There's no way. I think I kind of wish they would, but I don't think they would. Yeah, and, and I think you know, even in that, she's once again not the main character. You know, and it's so you can yeah. kind of get away with it. It's just so hard. They could have, but yeah, they did, they did not. not. And so it's so hard. Well, they. I don't think they could have because even yeah. though she's not the main character, she's still iconic. She's iconic. And, and it's like decades and decades of history. You know, yeah, like it would yeah. be That's... super tough. Um, yeah. yeah, because of what's transpired, I think it's it's a great thing that these actors and actresses have become synonymous with their characters. But I also think it's pretty unfortunate because it puts, I guess, the whole, I don't know, not the story. I'm not worried about the story, but it, it puts the whole situation in a weird spot. Yeah. Because it's a fictional character who is, you know, so tightly woven into a real person. And it's just like the limitations that fictional characters have, real people, or limitations that fictional characters don't have, mm-hmm. real people do have. And so, like, there was no clause for this situation to happen. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's tense, I think. So, so yeah. let me, so let's, let's answer this question two ways, right? So I start off saying with the, the, the presumption or whatever, that they're not going to recast Black Panther, right? So let's go two routes. I would like to hear, what do you think the movie will be like if they don't recast Black Panther? Chad would, you know, Chadwick Boseman passed, so they do something with that. Or what will it be like if they just recast Black Panther? You know, so I already shared what I think they'll do. Like I said, I think they're going to, it's going to just be what the power struggle within you know, Wakanda, who's in the new Black Panther, and then toward the left end of the movie, we'll find the new Black Panther and that they'll be crowned. And I I feel like it's gonna be somebody that we haven't seen yet. But I don't know. What do you guys think if they don't recast uh Black Panther? If they don't recast, 
meaning that they had to replace the character as Black Panther. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So if they don't recast, if T'Challa is dead, I think there's a big a big chance that they would have gone with Shuri, like in the comics. I wasn't thrilled about that. Everyone talked about it and, you know, everyone loves her. So that was that was a popular idea. I think recently there's been some drama with her and... Uh-oh. Like being unwilling to get vaccinated for COVID or something. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know much about it, so I don't want to start any That's rumors. just Shuri being Shuri. <laughs> <laughs> Letitia, right? Letitia, right? Letita? Letita? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wait. The first time I said her name, I said it right as in, like, correct. I didn't... I forgot her name, actually. Yeah, right. W-R. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were... Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, Letitia. Let yeah, that was a weird... But that's her full name. Got it right. Yeah, Letitia. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't have been pleased with it personally, but I think it would have been a pretty decent option. I don't know if her character, her character would have to go through a lot of changes mm-hmm. to become the Black mm-hmm. Panther. She ain't really. Because she's still the kid, like in a lot of ways, she's still a kid. Yeah. Yeah, they have to um, do like a time jump or something. They would have to do a time jump or just make her into like the Black Panther equivalent of Spider-Man. Like the, like the that quippy, tone of the, the Spider-Man quippy, movies. Yeah. Oh. Not like quippy, but like. A coming of age type story. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, if it's not her, I could see maybe. Uh, Okabe. I don't know, man. Okabe. Yeah. Uh, I. I don't think they're going to introduce somebody. Uh, Okoye, not Okabe. Okoye. Oh, she'd be uh, that'd be a, she'd be a great one. I never thought about that. That'd be gangster. To yeah. yeah, but so Nakia already turned it down in this movie. She's like, I'm a spy. I can't do that. But then again, now she might be the she's the queen, right? Didn't she agree to marry him? Or well, at least well be with him? that's the interesting thing because I think you're somewhat mm-hmm. on track because one thing that is clear about how the succession of the next Black Panther works is purely on the bloodline, right? Because the person who would have fought if if the tribe. The water tribe does not send anyone to fight. If the water tribe were to send somebody to fight, it would have been Nakia. She would have fought uh, T'Challa because she was the mm-hmm. prince, the crown prince. I mean, the crown princess. And, you know, Wakabi would have fought T'Challa. And, of course, uh, the leaders of their individual Yeah, tribe. so... So, mm. I feel like, just going off what you're saying, I feel like the options are Wakabi, uh, Nakoye, uh, man, Mbaku. Wait, 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 wait. Are you are you mixing their names? Yeah, in, in, Mbaku, in, 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 Wakabi, Nakia, Nakia Mbaku. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's? It's Okoye. Okoye. I've been mixing up Nkoye. It's ok- Okoye. Okoye and Nakia. Nakia. Sorry, forgive me. Mbaku. I don't, Yo, I don't know if, if it was Mbaku, Mbaku. I would be down behind that. I would actually support. He, he better be the silver gorilla, son. Yo, it would be a super sick. gangster take. <laughs> like, I will feed you to my. Children. You know, he he's he's a quippy type, but he's somewhat serious. So he oh yeah he'd bring a little bit of that T'Challa feel. Where T'Challa was always kind of serious, but like he was sassy. Yeah. He had a little bit of that sass, but like I think he's regal. Yeah, he felt like a he king. Felt like a king. He really. He could pull it I will oh, feed sure. you yeah. to my children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We have vegetarians. Just barking at this. <laughs> so I'm gonna take a stab at these questions. And no. So 
Okay, never mind. I won't then. Nah, nah. She's one more <laughs> word and I'll feed you to my children. <laughs> <laughs> so, to the question about if they don't recast, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what they would do. I, I lean ooh, towards also... Ooh, ooh. Wait, before you continue, I will I didn't answer the question. Oh, totally. oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think I think it would be, you know, I, I named all these people. I do think that the that whoever it is will be crowned near the beginning of the movie. Mm. I don't think it'll be a movie about finding the Black Panther because to me that sounds very political and not very Marvel. I think it'll start with that and then they'll have to prove themselves kind of kind of like what he had to do. He had to prove himself to be the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's my hot take. Please continue, Kyle. No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. But and this is, I guess, a disclaimer, pure like speculation from someone who hasn't read any of the Black Panther comics. But I think that I mean. because of how the Marvel Cinematic Universe works, that they would do kind of an honoring type thing where someone would take up the mantle in honor of Black Panther, or they would mm-hmm. always remember Black Panther, but as far as someone being Black Panther, there wouldn't be another one. There would just be somebody that kind of just represents Black stands. Mm. They're going to end the Black Panther line, right? Like just for the, the cinematic universe's purposes, so they don't have to deal with anything that has to do with Black Panther. They, they would like for 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 all intents and purposes, they would bring in a new character and like either bring one of these side characters to the front or something in between. Yeah, I mean, sure, he could do that. She could be right the Wakanda representative in the Avengers. Well, exactly, and and so they would still be themselves. And I think I'm in line with that idea, Kyle. Like in the sense that it will be somebody else. I I think it'll be a new person, like a brand new person. I think Shuri, as much as it would be cool for her to be Black Panther in that representative, I think she Mm -hmm. has a very unique role. She's the gadget girl. She makes all the cool stuff. And I feel like it would kind of mess up her character in the cinematic Mm -hmm. universe, you know, and she'd have to be a lot more upfront. And I think it'll be somebody like what I feel. And this is what I think. I think the movie's literally going to follow a random person, seemingly like an undercover Wakandan agent, like in another country. And, like, you're going to find out they're Wakandan. You're going to find out that they're actually, like, a royal person, but they don't want to be the Black Panther. They're against it, but, like, they have to work with Shuri. They go on a mission. They prove themselves, and they take on the mantle of Black Panther. Like, they have to don his suit at the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? It'll be that <laughs> It'll be that moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, that taking well, I was the shield. Thinking, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was thinking something, something kind of close to that. But not with the, I guess, gratification of like literally embodying like you are, you weren't Black Panther through this transition, through the movie process. You now are Black Panther because one thing they've hinted towards and again, speculation, but, you know, White Tiger has been, quote unquote, established in the universe. And so, like, if they changed the way the hierarchy works, where maybe Shuri and her mom or whoever takes the throne, but don't become like the fighting symbol. But then they bring in someone else, like White Tiger, who becomes the fighting symbol for Wakanda. Okay, stop for a second. I'm not as clued in. Who is White Tiger? Or, you know what, even better, don't answer that question, because I'm also not as clued in. 
maybe just leave it as something we don't know. <laughs> I hope I'm let me, now. I hope I'm saying his name right because let, you got me. Let, let me let me ask you this: second this, guessing. Everything. Is this a character that we should know, or is this just like, hey, White Tiger's coming? It's a character you've already met. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Uh, somewhere in between, because I mean, it's like, so it's the other Are white boy that Bucky? it's the other white boy. Yeah, it's Bucky. Bucky. Oh, here's the white wolf. The white wolf. White wolf. Yeah, I've okay. been saying the name wrong. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, white I was like, tiger. Man, I was what, like, I know this white wolf, I think, wolf, but like, no, I think, I think white tiger is that girl in Sp- from Spider Man that fights with Spider Man in like the Ultimate uh, Universe or whatever. Huh. I think that's white tiger. Me and Julie were recently watching that, so I think that's why her name is on my mind. Okay, but she's she's dressed up like a white panther. Okay. Anyway, so white wolf. My bad. See. That's why. That's why I put the disclaimer out there because I'm not educated. This is all speculation. Let, yeah, let, see? let me let me ask a real quick question before we continue. Steve, have you seen? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> never. So you haven't seen uh, what's his name, Falcon in the Winter Soldier? No, I okay. haven't. Well, I don't want to bring up uh, the thing I was going to say. So, uh, so at the very end, <laughs> everybody dies. No, but everybody dies. Um, but. Uh, that's, you should watch it. Good that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I I really think you know I I also think there might this is a really good opportunity for them. And you know, I know you said they might not go political, Steve, but I think this is a great opportunity for them to lean into that because there's a very clear structure, like a very like there's a king, there's a queen, for them to basically like like somebody who had is not of royal bloodhood but has the like the the warrior spirit of Black Panther, who's honorable, who does great things, who all this stuff, who is the like Howard the Duck, the Howard the Duck, please, you know, like for that person to be the person that everybody knows should be Black Panther, but they technically can't give it to him because he's not of royal blood, and we see the conflict that happens, and then we see that the culture has to change from its old ways. Mm-hmm. That it's not just mm. about the old nation and kingdom and the fealty to the throne, but this idea of a more modern Wakanda, you know? Killmonger's back, baby. I mean, everybody wants that. Everybody wants Killmonger that. Killmonger too. Everybody. Killmonger they, no, they've too. literally, I keep seeing rumors of like them trying to workshop how to bring back Killmonger, you know, because. <laughs> As a hero? Yeah. like If only they hadn't killed him so, hard, so well. So hard. Yeah. It was perfect. It was a beautiful like, they moment. They can't bring him back. Beautiful, beautiful. I definitely want to talk about Killmonger as a villain. Um, but, you know, we, we are getting long on time. But I did want to quickly go around. Sure. What if they did recast Black Panther? What would the movie look like? Recast T'Challa. Yeah, like, so it's just another guy. So it's just Idris Elba is Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm for it. I mean, I mean, honestly, if I think they recast it, I think, you know, especially with the state of the Avengers, I don't know what they do because like he was like kind of a cool part of the Avengers, but it was kind of like bringing his own thing like and now, you know, pretty much things are settled within Wakanda. You know, he's the king. There's no threat to the throne. Like, I honestly don't know what they do. I think they just have to like bring in a like an alien threat you know what i'm saying like so, maybe the originators of vibranium show up 
and they have to deal I, with it that. Sounds like you're, it sounds like you're asking not about recasting, but more about like what was the next step going to be for Black Panther before? Yeah, I mean, Chad it would just be a recasting. It would just be the same movie, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I think in my mind, the next the next movie would be them fighting an outside force trying to reclaim the Black Panther power. It would be an alien force. It would be Bost, the real nature of who Bost is. You'd find out about, oh, well, maybe what we thought to be true is not true. That's where I think they would go. That's my thought. Uh, so I want to answer your question how I originally interpreted it. Like, if they did um, recast Black Panther, how they would do it. And I think they would, because of, like, where the cinematic universe is going now and how they've hopefully this doesn't spoil anything how they've opened up the idea of the multiverse Mm -hmm. i feel like they would bring in a black panther from another universe and make a reason for him to stay and just plop plop him in and then do black panther with him so the beginning of the movie would be showing black panther in another universe doing his thing and somehow falling through a wormhole of sorts to come into our universe and being confused. Interesting. But then the whole movie would just be him trying to get back home, right? Like, is that what we want? Well, 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 maybe forcing him here to stay here. Well, well, maybe it would be his goal, but he would eventually realize they need me here more than my old timeline. Or maybe, you know, he'd make the honorable decision Mm -hmm. to stay, you know? Is that honorable? I mean, whatever that I feel means. Like in those, I feel like in all those stories, it's always preferred for the person to leave again. Like that's that's the that's how they tie up the visitor from another realm story. Is and congrats, you went home. Or or we can or take, they die. You know, take the tomorrow world approach. And <laughs> his world is doomed. That's what I'm so saying. He's that's gonna stay. Thinking. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe Wakanda has already been destroyed, and he's just trying to survive. And he finds a. I don't know reality stone. Or okay, something. sure, that makes sense. If Wakanda's been that, that's didn't the they do way. that with? Oh, is this a sp- mm. man? I don't know what I can say on this show. You talking about what if? N- no, I mean uh, maybe. I'm, so there's there's a story they did this with Gamora. Oh uh, yeah, it might, it's probably from what if, where they brought her from a different timeline. To yeah. fill in because the actual oh Gamora not what died. if you're talking about Endgame was that an Endgame yeah yeah that was she that came was, with uh, Thanos basically yeah it's not a spoiler at this point if you haven't seen Endgame this whole movie this sorry. whole talk about Black Panther <laughs> now you have <laughs> yeah but but yeah they 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 pulled a they cheated a little and they brought Gamora back from the dead by bringing not not an alternate universe well it's it is an, an alternate, alternate universe it's the past version of Gamora in an yeah. alternate timeline yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they could do that, but that'd be pretty lousy. Yeah. So, so Kyle, real quickly, what do you think the plot of the movie would be? And then I want to ask y'all about finally, like, I want to talk about Killmonger for a little bit. Hmm. So, based on the way that this one ended, uh, you know, he yeah, he was building up the rec center. Those kids saw the ship. What What would be the hardest thing for me to pinpoint is like where it would happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. Like, is it? after all this stuff happened because like the spider-man movies have been just plopped in between stuff the the black widow movie was like it not um 
retroactive, but it was in the past because yeah. she did. So, you know, because of that, I, I have no idea because I, I don't know the state of the world when the movie mm-hmm. takes place. Well, every movie other than Black Widow and Captain Marvel has chronologically occurred or it has it, it's occurred on the timeline after the previous movies right am i wrong no i think you're right but because it hasn't come out yet would that mean it would be after a multiverse of madness or oh, 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 oh. you're saying oh, it depends on, depending on when it comes that out, would be interesting things. if it was really coming after multiverse of madness so there's definitely a lot of things they could do that's a good point hmm. I, never, yeah. I never thought about that yeah i i mean i'm 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 really cautious about using multiverse stuff to pull in dead characters and do this and i mean that. i don't think they should i don't i mean i honestly think it would be marvel it'd be very marvelly for them to do that but uh, and let's be honest let's be let's be precise here right like if they do that they bring in an alternate black panther they're not recasting black panther no like effectively, they are. They're but just storytelling replacing would him. Be that it's a different, yeah, it's a different T'Challa. It's not the they same. They still T'Challa. have to deal with what happened to the original T'Challa. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the neatest thing would just be pulling Aunt Viv, pretend, you know, be be respectful about it in the press and in the in the mm-hmm. um, in the marketing. You know, make it really obvious what you're doing. But in the story, you don't you don't mention, you don't mention it. it you just keep it, it moving. Yeah, I think that's the. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. You know, I think it's interesting, like, as we talk about this, like, I keep thinking about Killmonger, and I think about who Killmonger... You know, like, there's a point where, you know, T'Challa's getting his powers back after he almost dies, right? And he's talking to the vision of his dad, and he says, why didn't we just bring him back? You know, like, like, yeah, you killed your brother. I mean... Maybe maybe Killmonger's path would have been the same, because I have a feeling that uh, T'Chaka would have hidden it. Like... Hey, somebody killed your your father, and then he would have just found out as he was older, and he would have had his change at a different point, the same kind of uh-huh. anger, and maybe have a different motivation. But I wonder what would have happened if he had come back, right? Like, and a lot of what you see in his character is like he. First of all, he's completely determined, right? Like, oh yeah, he had a super long game, right? Like. I'm going to the military. I'm going to get really good. I'm going to be really strong. I'm going to... Military is no joke. You know, and and clearly his dad taught him a ton about their culture growing up, right? Even like, where it is. Yeah, where where it was. He knew the traditions. He knew that Wakabi was the person to approach, like how to approach them. He knew the yeah, language. He, knew, he gathered a lot of intelligence before he mm-hmm. got there. He did know the language, yeah. Yeah, he knew it in, in 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 I guess in a way maybe his father did have a treasure trove of knowledge hidden inside the apartment, so maybe that's how he learned it. You know, like mm. you know, I I I just wonder like first of all, I th- I thought okay, I have two different feelings about Killmonger as a villain. I wanted to hear what y'all think. One is I thought thought Killmonger's motivation in his backstory was like made perfect sense to me like i'm like cool this seems like the logical conclusion of a very angry person who was mm-hmm. killed and betrayed by his own people and a person who's smart enough to know like to say like hey i want to protect the people that y'all won't protect i'll do it by force 
But for some reason, Michael B. Jordan's performance was hit or miss for me. Like, Mm. sometimes I really dug him. Like, when he was in the throne room, when he was arguing with T'Challa, like, I could see that, that, that character, like, really coming through. But for some reason, when I first met him in the, the museum, he felt yeah. very stinted. Like, like yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm... That's actually... I forgot about it. I was thinking just now. That's another example of when I felt kind of like talked down to and i and i get the he was talking about the artifacts that were stolen he's like did you think your people you know paid for these artifacts and i'm like that's a legitimate thing to be upset about so i'm not mad about it but it seemed like he was weirdly focused on that considering he was there to steal them anyway like he was using that as an excuse i don't know it was weird but i mean agreed i mean that made sense to me like as far as like he is pretty much like a anarchist but like not an anarchist yeah he's, he's just like i the system was built on my people and y'all stole from me and i'm gonna steal it all back like he's just an angry person yeah yeah but like for some reason his just performance as an actor was like like i don't know it wasn't super believable for me at first like when i, I remember watching the movie and be like oh like michael b jordan cool but i wasn't like yeah killmonger is cool i really like he just felt like yeah son what's good because like at first and then eventually, I don't know. That was my take on it. Yeah. It sounded like he was trying so hard to sound like he was from Atlanta. Well, from, uh, I mean, he's from LA, I think, or from Cali. No, no, well, Cali. No, 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 I'm saying like, it just, it, I don't know. It seemed specifically Atlanta. I'm like, oh, he's, it, I've never been to LA. I don't know what it sounds like, but it was, it was very like, yeah, what's good? You don't you don't protect what goes in your body, but you're calling the guards. I'm like, okay, all right, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually really liked that line because he was like, "You had these guys watching me since I walked in here," and I was like, "Bro, I know that feeling, son." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the no, way he was. Yeah. Man, but I I can kind of vibe with you guys with what you guys are saying. It, it was a bit of a, a disconnect because I don't know. I think I think he was trying to be both like cunning. And charismatic but then also like show that he was a mastermind and then kind of get a, give us a feeling of that he was also kind of showboaty mm-hmm. like it was a lot of things to process in that one scene yeah. and i think yeah. once we got later into the movie where he was in the throne room still kind of showing these same features it i think it was more digestible at that point but it was like from the if, if that's when you first meet him and he's showing every single one of his cards and then his whole operation goes off without a hitch, so apparently he is a mastermind. Like, he's perfect at this. It's a lot to take in, so it kind of it does fall flat in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Like I, I didn't think about it that way, but it seems like yeah, we're taking like if you think about it, it's a Black Panther movie, so they can't spend too much time on Killmonger. So they have to introduce mm-hmm. all of him. He's ruthless. He's cunning. He's kind of like a like a very like like matter of fact kind of dude like he just says Mm -hmm. his mind he's kind of this cool got cool style cool vibe you know he's muscular like they're trying to throw it he's out he's a womanizer you know like he has a woman and he you know he's doing all this i don't want to say he's a woman well i guess he's a womanizer because he just killed that girl (laughs) but like he's a ladies man might be a better way like it's like they dumped a whole bunch of stuff in like five minutes And Mm -hmm. and it felt like michael b jordan was trying to get it all in there you know, like, <laughs> right, yeah. you know, and it wasn't until he started to interact with other characters, talking to Wakabi a little bit, talking to the, 
hey auntie <laughs> you know like like he he kind of had this kind of like i am broken like i have no emotions per se because i'm a soldier uh-huh. But also, I'm a little bit disrespectful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? yeah. He was pretty disrespectful. Very disrespectful. <laughs> to me, the vibe I got from him was that at first it seemed like, all right, he's there. It really did seem like he was there for selfish reasons at first. I want to steal the throne. And then he starts talking about, oh, I want to like help people rise up and take away. Mm-hmm. You know, but and so then you're like, oh, he has a good cause. But honestly, I and I think I already kind of touched on this, but I really feel like he was there to cause trouble. Mm. Like he's there to incite war, war across the world. He's passionate about um, about people being oppressed, but he doesn't actually want to solve the problem because, well, maybe he did, but he, I mean, he also knows that like he doesn't want to solve the problem. He wants to move the problem away from his, his people, people to yeah. like white yeah. people, you know. Yeah. He just wants to, he wants to get even. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll repeat what I said earlier. I don't think he cared about Wakanda. He didn't care to learn any of the culture. Uh, he wanted to use the stuff. He just wanted the technology. He wanted to be king. He burned the, you know, the heart garden. He did all this stuff. Uh, I really think that he would have left, like he would have started all these wars uh-huh. and become, maybe used Wakanda as a seat of power, but it would have been his country, not Wakanda, you know, mm-hmm. like he wanted to tear down Wakanda as much as he wanted to tear down the oppressors around the world. Mm. Cause to him, they were implicit or they were complicit yeah. and they had betrayed in their, in it. It still represented what, what was wrong with the world. Yeah. In their inaction, they just represent, like, I think, in many ways, Wakanda is just going to be a new image. Like it's, it, it might keep the name. It might become because he. I think he still has some respect for his culture because, in order to be a type of person who is anti something else, you kind of have to have some belief in the thing that you are, right? Or the thing that you sure. know. So he's in many ways he's anti colonial, you know. So mm. I think he was going to wage war against all of the European countries. You know, like, uh-huh. I think he was going to, you know, uh, empower the black community, but he might just empower the brown community, which is every everybody who's not white. It definitely every felt minority. Exactly. Yeah. It felt very anti-European and anti-white in his sentiments. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like you said, Steve, it was very selfish. And he said something. I can't remember who he said it to. He's like, I want everybody to feel what I felt. Right. Like he made it really yeah. clear that his motives were a it's personal very personal very selfish and i think the empowerment of other people was a byproduct of his way of inflicting pain against his oppressors Mm. he was hiding but he was using these high ideals of fighting oppression as a way to you know further his own goals Mm -hmm. the same way that he used his relationship with that woman to further his own goals. She was some sort of beast hacker because you see twice that she's like just, you know, taking out the oh, cameras yeah. effortlessly uh, with her cell phone. Effortlessly. Yeah. We don't even see her do it. We just see that it happened. True. Yeah. And true. then as soon as he didn't need her anymore and she became a hassle, he killed her. Yeah. Or he let her die, I guess. He did shoot her. So I have a feeling her. he was going to kill her either way because he's like, what's the point of me bringing you to Wakanda? Like, you're not, you're not right. me. 
Yeah, yeah. she wasn't. I think he would have brought her. I would. I think he might have left her. Let her just be around. Uh, be a minion. He wouldn't have cared <laughs> if she died. Exactly. Speaking of his arrival to Wakanda, I have a question about mm-hmm. how the second half of the movie was able to take place. Um, sure. And maybe you guys saw why this was a thing, but so whenever uh, T- T'Challa goes into Shuri's lab and she's showing him all the new tech, mm-hmm. everything she makes is like either it's a uh, you know like she she made the little the cameras which is capable to make a set of those, but like the shoes, she only made like one set of sh- shoes, but then when she brought him over to the necklaces, there were two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? I mean, of course they set it up to like, which style do you want to choose? But it's like then later in the movie, Killmonger's wearing the gold necklace that looks very villainous, I guess, now. So it's just like, why did she make two to begin with? And why after he chose, did she keep the other one? And then, like, I guess in theory, offer it up to him, you know, because she had to like, she had, with using whatever device she had, she synchronized it with T'Challa's body to where he could put it on with his mind. Oh, I don't think she offered it to Killmonger because she dipped yeah, out. She was gone. Remember? I think someone else in the, you know, in the throne, in the royal family, or not the family, someone else is part of the, the research, the royal court. The research. I mean, I, I it was clear that she wasn't by herself in there. Like, there's other people who worked in that yeah. area. Yeah. She was, a, like, the head scientist, per se. But there's other people who were probably super intelligent and knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that when he took on the throne, they, they knew about the technologies. They knew what was going on. So they just, you know, hey, here's a, here's a necklace. But, I mean, I was... I think I don't think there's a good a good answer to your question, Carl. I don't know why she made two. I don't know why the the other one that she made had none of the characteristic colors that vibranium has had so far, which is like black and purple. Uh huh. It was yellow. It was gold. I mean, it matched <laughs> or, it matched it gold. the uh, the necklace, right? Like it matched the necklace, yeah. But it like yeah, the necklace. But, but every time we've seen like vibranium blue. act in the movie, it was always it was purple. Blue. Like it's blue. Or blue. Yeah, it's like it's a blue purple combination. Yeah, I think with that the liquid. I think the color was just clearly aesthetic, like purely aesthetic, because like vibranium yeah. is like just blue. You know, he had a dark royal purple, right? That's a royal purple and a royal gold. So it makes purple perfect sense to me from a like if I'm gonna design something for a king, like that's the colors I would use. Um, okay. But I mean, I number one, it's definitely a plot device. But I, I think just fundamentally, if you just think about technology, like. Yeah, you just make multiple because he's going to break one of them. You know, something's going to happen. So, like, <laughs> he kicked it across the room. You know, if it's the final version, why not have three? You know, a backup, you know, like the, 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 mm. the key, the, the beads or whatever they're called. I can't remember what they're called. Um, I don't remember. You know, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure she had a lot more of those too, you know, and I just think there were a bunch of those around. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing they were a plot device too. <laughs> I mean, I think to me, the the part that I probably struggle the most with him is when he does show up to Wakanda, like he knew that they wanted Claw, but was it just coincidence that he ran into Wakabi who really wanted Claw? Like who happened to be at the border too. Who was all, yeah, the border leader and all this stuff. Or did he just like logically come to the conclusion, hey, Claw killed these people's people back in the day, so they probably want him the most. Or, yeah, I have to assume that he. I mean, there's they don't tell us how he gets any of his intelligence about Wakanda, or how anyone gets intelligence about Wakanda. Well, right, we know like, Claw. He knows all this stuff. He seemed to know 
Uh, well, obviously he would know the royal family because his dad could have told him mm-hmm. that. But yeah, he knew like where the borders were. He knew uh, who to talk to in the border tribe. Well, you would assume that he yeah. could have got that knowledge because Claw got the knowledge from his dad. And if his dad gave it to Claw, Claw would kind of would still told, have it, you know, yeah. and he could have got it on paper or something, um, you know. And make, Claw said he'd been there and was like one of the few people who've ever escaped. Yeah, and he got branded. So I don't know if he'd been there multiple times because he blew up, or maybe he got captured. Oh, maybe that's what happened. He broke in, got captured, then blew up to get out with some mm. vibranium. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a lot of. Like, of course, there's, like, kind of sort of plot holes, but they can all be... They did a good idea job of not explaining. Like, they did yeah, what I like enough. science fiction movies do. Like, don't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Say it it's happened fine. and move on. Exactly. Here's something that bothered me. Uh, when Wakabi basically, like, does a full 180 and turns against T'Challa mm-hmm. because, you know, homeboy... Uh, Killmonger walked up with Claw and basically stole his heart right there. Uh-huh. But I'm like, the whole conflict he had with T'Challa was that he had let Claw slip away. But what actually happened, and he never apparently bothered to ask, was that Killmonger stole him and then brought him himself. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't that T'Challa failed. He had him. And then this other dude stole him with the intent per- with the intent to like use him as a bargaining chip. Yeah. Right. And I feel like if that had been made clear... To Wakabi, it would have been more <laughs> obvious, like, oh, maybe this guy's a bad guy, and I'm being manipulated, and T'Challa isn't a isn't a failure of a king who didn't do his duty. Like he had the guy in custody. You, you know, I was thinking kind of on that sort of like line where it's kind of like T'Challa. I think the biggest mistake that T'Challa made was his arrogance. Like he came to the conclusion yeah. that he could beat anybody, right? And he's he like, did, who yeah. is this random dude? We have the best warriors. He's not going to beat me in a fight, right? And when he comes into the throne room, uh, Killmonger, and he's like, hey, this is who I am. Like, T'Challa could have said, like, no, I'm not going to do this with you. Matter of fact, let me tell you who you really are. You know, and like, but he was so, he was kind of conflicted because he's like, that's my cousin. That's our family. I don't know what to do. He is blood, tradition, blah, 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 blah. But he never went and just said, Hey, like you said, Wakabi, let me tell you what really happened out there. We had him. Matter of fact, I was going to kill him in the streets. But what happened was we were in front of some tourists and it wasn't a good look. So we had to take him and deal with the Americans who were trying to take him. I was just trying to do this diplomatically so it wouldn't mess up Wakanda. Then this fool came. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, why didn't T'Challa just step back and like, like you said, like clear the air? Because he let Wakabi and all his, like, anger and passion basically, like, you know. Didn't address it at all. He just went straight to the fight. And that scene. He's like, I no longer trust you as a king because you you screwed up on this thing that I'm very passionate about. (laughs) Right. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. It's like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You should address that, homie. Right. He just said nothing's changed and walked off. He's like, this is completely different. He went over there with the specific intent to get Claude. Yeah. Yeah. And, but um yeah what were we gonna say and not only not sorry kyle's about to say something but yeah oh my bad i, I was just gonna bring up one of you guys just brought up the scene about you know when killmonger came into the into the room with all the council members and they didn't like do their due diligence to either clear the air or send him away and it was like for the first couple of minutes t'challa was like hey you don't have any way to speak here 
And then he, Killmonger was like, ask me who I am. And, there, and he was like, no, I'm not going to ask you who you are. Take him away. And then the one guy, I guess mm-hmm. he was from the, the River Tribe or yeah. something, he was like, who are you? And I was like, man, now it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, he set it off. He did set that in motion. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was just going to... You saw a quick. You saw a quick. Killmonger responded to. He did. Like, who are you? I am a son. And he knew he was smart. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was getting into that area, planting a seed of doubt, just enough, getting like using his legitimacy to the throne. But you know what? Really, I think T'Challa should have done when when like why not respect your boy? Wakabi shows up. Like looking, first of all, I love Daniel Kalu. You, you, I can't remember. I can't pronounce his name, but uh, mm. the, you know oh, yeah. Wakabi's care uh, actor, because he he has a incredible ability to communicate with his eyes. Like he just yeah. he gets everything he's feeling and says it feels really really. He does that really well. But they're in Shuri's lab. Wakabi shows up. Black Panther's on his way out. You know, T'Chaka, or, or somebody says, oh no, uh, Wakabi's coming. And he's like, T'Challa's like, I'll go handle it. And then Wakabi goes, yo, is that, uh, you, you bring, what's his name? And he's like, no, he's not here. Da 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 da. Why not explain everything to him? He just kind of right. shooed him away. And I think a part of that is yeah, why Wakabi was exactly. like, fuck you. Like, you won't even respect me enough. Like, I'm your peer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Say what happened. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and maybe Killmonger treated him as a peer. You know, and that's probably a, maybe a part of it as well. That's a good point. Yeah. But even aside from being shooed away and stuff, it really felt like he went from, you know, a loyal supporter, advisor to the king to like, I mean, at the end of the movie, he literally orders his men to go kill Black Panther. Like, yeah. what kind of what kind of hatred was below the surface to, <laughs> to create that situation? I, I, I think know. I think. They showed little glimpses of it, but once again, it's a movie. And it was already two hours long, so I can imagine wanting to do more. But they showed glimpses yeah. of his only desire was revenge, right? Like, mm-hmm. he even in the throne room when he was talking about it, he was just like, look, you're, you're, like, you need to go kill him. Like, you need to make me this promise. You know, like, that was his only goal. And, yeah, kill him or bring him back. Yeah, and, and it seemed like he was already... You know, and then, and then when he was talking to T'Challa later, he said, I thought you would be different. Your your mm-hmm. your father didn't do this, but I thought you'd be different. So I think he'd always had some disdain toward the throne because of, it you know, like because like, hey, my p- parents got killed. You guys weren't there to protect me. Then you didn't even like go out of your way to go find this guy who killed my people. And it's just been stewing. And so it was probably he probably just had a genuine, genuine like disdain for the throne and then t'challa is just a representation of t'chaka to him another broken promise and Mm. you know not protecting his family like oh it's all about your tribe not mine you know that's how that's that's what i think at least yeah i think like you're saying i think it goes deeper because it showed that t'challa and wakabi had like a really like brotherly relationship even though i guess they were on the opposite sides of wakanda so and I think it was one of those situations, too, where it's like, if you know somebody really well and both of you have the same motivations, say we want everything to be better, and one of you makes it, I think, you know, off screen, they made a, a pact that if one of us gets there, mm-hmm. if we can make a change, we're going to do it for the other one and we're going to make everything better. So it's probably like a whole lot of um, like deep disappointment and, you know, just being like let down on like a fundamental level 
from just the, outside of the uh, the pol- the politics, just being a friend. You know. Yeah. Must have been rough. Yeah. Yeah. Like some like a lot of rough stuff we didn't see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, there's the Cain and Abel story, right? Brothers turning mm-hmm. on each other when when there's disdain and hate. So, Wakabi's story is, you know, just you know, like just a reflection of that. And it, it I, yeah, you know, like I think the real powerful thing that I feel like I walked away from this movie is that both of the options that were chosen by T'Challa and T'Chaka versus um Njobu and Killmonger were the wrong choice. One was, hey, ignore the problems of the world, monitor them just to make sure they don't affect you. And the other was, take over the world, make it our own. Instead, there's like a measured approach in the middle, which is, hey, we can still protect our own. Like we can still take care of ourselves while still being engaged and involved in a meaningful way mm-hmm. with an external entity, meaning if you're white, you can interact with black people in a real way. If you're black, you can interact with white people. It's like, yeah. we are separate entities. We have our past. We have ills toward each other. But that doesn't mean we can't cooperate in a real, genuine way while still protecting our own ways of life, you know, simultaneously, yeah. you know? And Yeah. I think to, like, foster those relationships, you, you know, there's, a, there's vulnerability. In order for them to be meaningful, you give up a piece of yourself. And I know, like in in the the groups that say, you know, don't interact with others because it'll like taint what we have. It makes that a whole lot more difficult because, like, this idea that if I do engage, it makes me worse. It makes us worse. Mm-hmm. Well, you make me you worse. make you you're make welcome me worse because I won't make you worse. <laughs> I'll make you better. You just make me less better. You know, you, you, you know, it's interesting. I didn't say how better. I forgot about this. But at one point, they're discussing the idea of having like being interventionist kind of sort of. And Wakabi mm-hmm. in general just says like, like, hey, we can't take more people in because they'll come and bring their problems with us. Exactly. You know, yeah, he was always kind that. of like a uh, what's the word? Um, xenophobic. Bunk yeah. Down. So it kind of makes down. sense that Killmonger's mindset kind of aligned with his because he was like i you know he's like yeah we bring these people they just bring their problems you know um so yeah so yeah killmonger was like we go to we go to them and we change them (laughs) we force them to change by putting them making them slaves and showing them what we went through that that was basically his goal so so don't you see now slaves are wrong slaves are wrong we're gonna keep you as slaves so um yeah man i mean number i mean number one i think we all agree black panther was a great movie you know, if, if it was a movie that was just the way it was done was so, I, I lack a better word, tasteful, but honestly, like yeah. honored, like what it was trying to represent, you know, and I personally, it's one of my favorite movies. Of course, I have my bias because I'm black, but also just on a straight general principle kind of sense, I thought it was a great movie. Any, any last no, it's only it's only because oh, I'm black. It's only because I'm black. Hey, you brown too, Steve. So you need to come on the team. <laughs> you, <laughs> only in the summer. Only in the summer. <laughs> you know. I'm glad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Sandy. I'm a, I'm a brownie. Amen. I'm a vanilla brownie. You know, down with the brown, brother. Down with the brown. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Um, 
So any last thoughts from you guys as we wrap up here? Kyle? I'm glad to see, you know, uh, a black movie, black, uh, I guess, inspired movie with a larger black cast that didn't have like, you know, the, not to, not to say it wrong, but the, the familiar faces, the too many familiar faces, I should say, because there were a couple of, you know, big hitters in there, mm-hmm. but it's just sure. like, that, that's usually a trope that does come with the, the movies of this type that do well. It's, you know, you have your Denzels and your Tyler Perry's in there somehow mm-hmm. and Eddie Murphy's and, you know, and your Will Smith. Like, they do great and they have movies with primarily black casts and it's great, but it's, this is something completely different. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well said. It's like a passing of the torch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the next generation of, of black actresses and actors. Black actresses. Black actresses and black actresses. Thank you. <laughs> hashtag black licorice. Hashtag black Let me hear from all my blackers out oh, there. Man. Uh, any, any last <laughs> thoughts, uh, Steve? Uh, two two last thoughts. First, um, I was recently talking with someone about whether this movie is a better, whether it's better than uh, Spider Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and I will always say Into the Spider Verse is just like one of the greatest movies ever, animated or otherwise. Mm, absolutely. But but having this discussion with you guys is like actually it, it is kind of closer than I had initially thought. This is actually a really good movie. It has a lot of wholesome stuff. And not so wholesome stuff. That it's just good. It's good. Well, it's well, well done. Well written. Props to the whole whole team. Yeah. Props. Bad props. props. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that it's uh, today's Tuesday. Okay. Like, like the greatest Tuesday. Oh it's, yeah, the twos. It's, oh it's February yeah. February twenty second, twenty twenty. Yeah. And it's two, a two. two. It's a Tuesday. Two, as well. two, 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 two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's an auspicious day. We won't. It's an auspicious day. The next, the really good Tuesday is in 200 years, but I don't think it's going to be on a Tuesday, so I guess mm. we'll see. Oh, two. Jill is making tacos tonight. Taco Tuesday. I had tacos for two, lunch two, today. Two, 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 two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, that's too much. You know. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> that was good on purpose. <laughs> um, that joke was a number two. I just. Pun I just, just want to add one of my last thoughts um, about what I think might have been the most disrespectful moment in the whole movie and mm. almost, for me, removed me from the moment. And oh, you guys sad. might remember this. Y'all might remember this. Removed you from you your ready? body. You ready? The Brick Here. Panther. <laughs> Yo, I, I forgot to say I, about the Blick Panther. Uh, the Blick. I just did, hey. and and I don't know. I, I I was trying. I was like, he had to have some direction on. Okay, they told him to do it. What's your Wakandan accent, right? Because they, you know, all the actors had to work on their Wakanda accent. They had different ones. You know, Winston Duke, who is uh uh Mbaku, had kind of a a Caribbean African mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, yeah, um, they all had different flavors, you know, but for sure. Most everybody kind of had this kind of kind of, but then, like, <laughs> you know, just I, I don't, I don't even know. My, I had what so many is. thoughts about it, and then I was like, okay, that- I'm gonna pay a lot of attention <laughs> to how is he uh, is done. I can't believe I'm forgetting the actor's name because I literally had it in my head. Forrest, um, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Thank you. Like, because I was like, maybe he says "blick" the whole time. 
But he doesn't. He doesn't. He says the Black Panther using his accent. That was the best take. 100% how I felt. That's what I said to Shailene. I said, this was the best take. And they were like, we're not shooting that scene again, Forrest. Like, this is what it is. You've said Blick six (laughs) times. This is number seven. Well, he kept saying Block. He kept saying Block (laughs) Panther. And they're like, you know what? We'll take Blick. It's better than Block. And and, and there's clearly some direction in the the voice acting to, like, kind of throw R's out there. Like, you know, like, uh-huh. because tonality oh, from the, the Wakandan language has a little bit of, you know, hitting in there. And the clicks, yeah. You know, but he took, it to, he took it to the next level. Everything he said, they were now fighting ritual combat. Yeah, it was, was too much. I was like, come on, Forrest. Like, you, everybody <laughs> managed to figure this out. He was like, oh, snap, I forgot I'm in hey. Black Panther. I need to come up with African voice. It was It was all those years of Zuri being a spy. <laughs> he forgot his yes, accent. Yes, undercover Zuri. He lost his accent. He was like, man. Undercover Zuri sounds like a, a spin-off movie <laughs> <time>. <laughs> so That's Black Panther 2. Undercover Zuri. It's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a prequel. Well, you Zuri undercover. Or would it be a sequel to Undercover Brother where Zuri <laughs> is <laughs> so Undercover Brother actually takes place in the MCU you heard it here first oh that explains why his afro pick was unbreakable exactly it's made of vibranium it was vibranium <laughs> this whole and, he, and he was a war dog he was a war dog he was he was Wakandan. He was Wakandan the whole time. I mean, think about it. You you never see the inside of his Never saw it. You don't. Purposefully, they did that because they didn't want to hit. Yeah. I mean, it was it was Eddie Griffin, so you kind of did <laughs> get a glimpse every once in a while when he made those weird faces. True, true. And, didn't flash blue. And we know now that all Wakandans, their weakness is mayonnaise. So mayonnaise. Just, just <laughs> I am mayonnaise, man. <laughs> so oh, we lost. I am mayonnaise, man. <laughs> So, uh, I didn't see any condiments at all in Wakanda. I'm telling you, they. I mean, every yeah, all the all the spices. That's what I'm saying. All over. the all the cows are pre-spiced. Like they, they just all eat the, vibranium. All the are pre-spiced. <laughs> they eat vibranium. Oh, vibranium is the original spice. Spice like salt comes from Africa. Vibranium is like the, the everything derives from vibranium. From oh, wow, like, it, it hits. It it it's explosive in your mouth. So and, speaking of vibranium salt, man. I got it. So this is one of the things that kind of pushed me over the edge as far as vibranium being able to do anything is when he was on the plane at the very beginning of the movie and he was like making Legos out of vibranium powder. Like he had these little miniatures. Mm -hmm. I was like, come on. You could just use a hologram. I don't don't know if that was supposed to be vibranium. It's it's just technology. It was a flex. It was a super flex. He had this Lego set where he could literally pick it up open the top yeah. look at people in there and he just like yep casually you know but it i actually had the exact same thought i was like why not just have a hologram yeah. like what's the point but i think what yeah. and he put he put it carefully back <laughs> yeah, he onto did. the road before it dissolved into <laughs> dust but, <laughs> but you know what part. that that was actually <laughs> a good setup from a narrative and like movie sense because it set up all the technology that shuri would use later in the movie for doing her remote control of things right like yeah you know it was, it was it was a flex though it was absolutely unnecessary like he could have just used normal technology no tonka truck <laughs> you know so um 
So cool. Well, man, that was a, a great conversation on Black Panther. I literally wrote all kind of notes about the movie. And Me too. Literally covered almost none of them. <laughs> because they're all like movie specific. I covered some of them, like, you know, the the different things. You know, anyway. I, I covered some of it, but there's a lot of different thoughts. Black Panther is, as we all have said, great movie. One, go watch one it. of the best MC move, MCU movies. Um, go watch it if you have if you haven't seen it. We've, I mean, at this point, I don't even feel like we needed to say spoiler alert. But for anybody no. who's gotten this far, spoiler alert: we talked about the movie. <laughs> don't listen any further. I, I don't think this is a movie that is really ruined by being spoiled, yeah. though. It's, like, still, it's still enjoyable. It's still a great you know movie. It's not, it's, there's no like real big yeah. plot twist. It's more just twist. Just good writing. Yeah. Good, you know, story in general. So. Anywho, hey, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode, this special Black History, Black Panther, 222 Tuesday uh, episode. It was uh, uh, never too much. It was a special, special episode. And um, never too much, never too much. Another Black History moment. But (laughs) So anyway, thank you for listening. As always, thank you, Kyle, for uh, joining us today. Always a pleasure. Remember to choose your attitude. Yes. I should have used brother more. Come here, my brother, brother, brother Steve. My brother. Brother Kyle. Brother Steve. But um, thank you, Steve, <laughs> for uh, being here today. Wakandan Steve. Wakandan Steve. You're very welcome, I brother. assume that your arms are crossed and you're doing the little shoulder thing right now in your room. Yeah, I've got my... Uh... <laughs> Never mind. Make I'm not a gonna... W with you. <laughs> has his dashiki on. His, he was prepared. You know, his koofy, he got everything. He's set up. He's ready to go. So uh, thank you. But always, as always, thank you, Super Agile Bro. Well, Super Agile. Thank you, Brad. Super Agile. Well, well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, Super Agile Family. You know, not Super Agile Bros Nation. The Super Agile Family for all our Super Agile brothers, all our Super Agile sisters. We're so happy to have you guys here. As always, as we always say, you can check us out on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, everywhere. Find us. Um, of course, we're on Twitter at the SAB Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and uh, you know interact with us. Send us your requests on what we should talk about. Always here to listen. But thank you once again for listening. And until next time, y'all take it easy. Happy Black History Month. Peace. Happy Tuesday. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Super Agile Bros forever. (laughs) 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 Cutting all of it.